1: Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. It is a
2: Thursday edition of Morning Juice. Day number one of Brandon Beam's vacation, as a matter of fact. A vacation that uh, won't end until he sits in this chair on Monday, June 21st. He and his lovely wife, Meredith, are in that state up north. And the last thing I said to Beamer before he left yesterday, don't come back here a Wolverine fan. That would be bad. <laughs> I am Mark the Shark, producer of Morning Juice, filling in for Beamer today, Bobby Carpenter. The Robert Carpenter III is what we call him. He is here as usual. Bodie, Notre Dame fan Bodie, is in my chair this morning as a producer, and we are ready to go. Morning Juice, Bob
3: morning juice to you shark I didn't know if we had anything else after that but that is uh it's exciting man I'm pumped to be on with you for the next eight days shark we're gonna book some of your favorite guests I know some of the guys you love having on so that's my goal is to always try to make you happy to stimulate your mind and so that when you're on the other side of the glass here you know looking at uh, young Bodie on the other side <laughs> and the nice robust chops you can uh, enjoy yourself have a good time you, know, you wake up early every single day but shark you only have one more early wake up uh Mm. after today and like we said on monday there's only four days till the weekend we are rapidly approaching friday which is so exciting man for tomorrow
2: i i just love to be stimulated bob thank you i you know i keep forgetting to mention this to you my oldest son started working at a place called racket lake boys camp in new york upstate new york in the adirondacks back when he was still in college And he would go there to make some money in the summer as a water ski instructor. Oh, wow. Yeah, he kept moving up in stature to the point where about 10 years ago, he was working full time year round for the camp. And uh, now he's a. Wait,
3: hold up. What do you do water skiing wise in the Adirondacks in December?
2: Not December, summer. You said year round. Well, no, he would work for the camp year round you know, they've got to hire a bunch of staff, a lot of people, international staff, but he would go to, you know, colleges in Colorado and all over the country and recruit people to come work for the summers, college kids. He'd go to campuses and everything. Nice. So, yeah. And then, you know, this is an expensive camp. It's, a, it's you know, like eight weeks long. All the uh, wealthy New Yorkers uh, from Manhattan send their kids up to this school and it's i i don't know if he would want me to tell you this, but it's like twelve thirteen thousand dollars for the yeah, summer and perfect. S- some of these families they send three kids to camp, so it's a yeah it's a pretty big deal he's now a school teacher um so he doesn't work full time year round anymore, but he still goes every summer, takes the wife and his daughters there and they were they were leaving uh left yesterday, so we had a party for him kind of a going away party for him on Monday. And my daughter and son-in-law were there, Jake is his name, and he said, tell Bobby, I said, thank you, because last week you were talking, and it may have been uh, on What Has You Juiced, you were talking about signing up to win a bottle of Blanton's Gold. Yeah. Remember that conversation? Yes, did he do it and win? He signed up, went online, signed up, and he won.
3: Oh goodness! I want to drink of that. By the way,
2: well, I said to him, "You're gonna you gonna drink that bourbon or sell it," and he said, "And I don't know if this is true, but he said those things are going for like 400 bucks a bottle right now." Oh, that's true. Say maybe
3: even five if you're trying to find the right buyer.
2: Really? Yeah, oh so- yeah,
3: shark. It's a uh, it's a robust sellers market out there for some of these elite bourbons, thanks to the way Ohio does business. You can't find anything here, so it's tough. And with that, man, it uh, opens up a lot of opportunities on the secondary market. But I, I wouldn't be paying that much for it, but I'd like for him to have it open it up and just allow me to have a little a little drink with a him. A
2: little nip. Me. I think uh, you deserve it for steering him in that direction. What are you wearing today, by the way?
3: I got a hoodie on. Why? What's up? Okay.
2: A hoodie? It's summer.
3: Yeah, but, Shark, every day when I work out in the morning, I always put on long sleeves. I I've, I used to make fun of the old coaches that used to do that. Like, man, you guys just don't work hard enough. You have to start sweating. But... I wake up, I'm like a little hot usually when I get out of bed, a little sweaty in the morning. With that, I'm like, all right, man, that's all good. Uh, that's just fine. I've got like six or seven hoodies that I rotate through and, uh, throw those guys on, get my run going, get like a nice solid sweat, start feeling good about my life. And, uh, that's kind of just, that's kind of the game plan in the morning, man. I mean, it's hoodie every day. I'll eventually, once I've kind of started ceasing to sweat by probably the, you know, the third segment, I'll take that off and I've got like a, a little uh, fleece that I put on every day uh, before you know I shower up and everything after the show. I mean that's kind of the routine of what I get going. But that early morning run and sweat shark, he gets you the morning juice mm. that you need to come out here and get fired up, man. I get get an elite workout. I usually run, I don't know, somewhere between a mile and two miles, and then I dive in whether it's a legs, you know, a little back action in there, a uh, backtastic day, um, you know, the little chests and arms, you know, guns. Sun's out, guns out mm-hmm. for the summer. You just got to figure out how you can get the best workout in the shortest amount of time. That usually involves a lot of movement quickly, and uh, with that comes a lot of sweat, but that's good stuff, man. I'm not going to complain at all.
2: You know, sometimes I forget how lucky we are to be in radio, no uh, stuffy desk job, no ties and jackets. We now, the fan, we now reside in the same building as 10 TV, and I run into Jeff Booth every morning here at the station. He does weather for Channel 10, comes in around 4.15, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt flip-flops and he's dressed in a suit and a tie and he says man should have gotten into radio so yes i do appreciate that we can come in here and it look like we just you know Here's came back thing. from people the beach I, or the gym
3: people actually hold us accountable for what we say he gets up there and can just say whatever he wants and is wrong two-thirds of the time and no one ever complains at all about it so you know what shark We have to create content. I wish I could just look at a board, point to some stuff, moving around on it, make some educated guesses, and then be on my way. No one would really care. It's that simple. Yeah, we're going to drop off some serious knowledge bombs on you this morning. That's what we're all about.
2: Well, you know, in this studio, I'm normally in the control room where Bodie is right now, and I'm in Beamer's studio. We call it the Buckeye studio. And uh, it's shared by all the on air hosts. And you know, y- you can remember from uh, being downtown, Rick or Dottie would keep the temperature at about 50 degrees in the studio.
3: And I'd mean, turn it, it up on him because I would be freezing. Yes,
2: it there. is freezing in here. And I'm am uh, I- not going to lie to you, my nipples are a little hard this morning. So of cold. Of course. In I here. mean,
3: I, I guarantee you that studio is probably 54, 55 degrees. Now, you have to keep it cool because of the equipment. And I completely understand that. But there's a point in time where. I cease to be able to function at a high level because my body has turned all of its energy toward preserving uh, my life's, uh, preserving my life in, in my, my my necessary systems for survival, part of that being <laughs> the ability to warm myself. Right, <laughs> um, And that's probably one of the most important things is body temperature regulation. You get too hot, too cold, you 're done. Breathing and blood circulation are probably the next two. That are Right in there all three of those combined and and speaking into a microphone doesn't fall under those essential tasks And so what happens is is if you're going to do that and place my body It's all of a sudden. I'm not going to be able to think anymore because your brain your body tells your brain like listen, dude I'm not giving you any energy. You just sit there and be glad that I'm saving your life Even though you're over here shivering trying to stay warm. If you're that smart. Why wouldn't you just walk out of the room?
2: (laughs) Do we have that on tape? I love that segment. I want to air it. All right. It is June 10th in the year of our Lord, 2021.
1: Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter. All
3: right, Shark, I know this is one of your favorite segments, so Mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited to deliver it to you today and see what we've got going here on this June 10th, 2021, 1829, Shark, I know you're a big fan of the crew and crew in general. So, in that being the case, the first boat race ever took place. Boat racing is a sport. You, know, you hop in there, get part of the, uh, join the crew. 1829, it's going to take place in London, England. Right on the famed River Thames. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Thames, if you will. Yes. And you've got Oxford versus Cambridge. And Shark, those guys are just cranking it out. You know they've got the coxswain in the back yelling to keep them in cadence. But the first boat race ever took place almost 200 years ago today. Wow. Uh, back in 1854. Since we were talking a little bit yesterday about Navy, uh, the Navy cornerback who was not going to be allowed to try to pursue his NFL dreams, uh, Navy had its first graduating class. So I'm guessing they started in what 51 and. Uh, finally finished with their first graduating class in, in Annapolis Maryland from the Naval Academy uh, in this state 1954 uh, 1944 shark the young I'm, this is a great one I'm glad I am glad you are on June 10th today shark because I want to ask you the question if you know who the youngest baseball player was ever to play in a major league baseball game
2: believe that would be Joe Knoxhall how the heck do you
3: know that can you tell me the age and the team?
2: Well, it was the Reds, and I, I think he was in the ninth grade, maybe uh, 15.
3: This is amazing, Bodie. I, I honestly, I'm like, I'm going to get Shark with this one today. There's no way he'll know this trivia. Oh, goodness, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have questioned you, Shark. Yeah, Joe Knoxville, youngest Major League Baseball player ever to play in a game for the Cincinnati Reds at 15 years old on this date, 1944, which wasn't really that long ago. If you start looking at it, like, Shark, if you would have said 1920s, that's one thing. But this is this is World War II era, so that probably factors into it a little bit. But still crazy
2: well, to think you 15 know, years old. When you think about the fact that, you know, the war was going on and all the great guys, the great ball players, the Hank Greenbergs and Ted Williams, they were all off to war. And so, you know, that's when Bill Veck, he brought a midget to play Major League Baseball. With the St. Louis Browns, guy, you know, had a strike zone of about six inches, took four pitches and walked, and then was banned from playing because he was too short. And that's how Joe Nuxall became a major leaguer at the age of 15 because there just weren't enough guys to play. Think about this, Bob. June 10, 44, we're talking four days after D Day. You know, it was, yeah. that was a crazy time in Major League Baseball.
3: Absolutely. I mean, Shark, I, don't worry. I, I've watched Jimmy Dugan in the uh, Rockford Peaches. Yes. I mean, I understand what happened and how it all how it all worked. I mean, that might be the extent of my World War II baseball slash softball trivia. But um, and even though it's all fictional, maybe a little bit historical fiction. But I like to envision my World War II managers as Jimmy Dugan, the drunken Tom Hanks with two bad knees. I mean, taking three and a half minute leaks before a game. So that's what I like to say. That's that's some nice history there, though, Shark. And yeah, the date kind of gives away a little bit. Uh, some big time birthdays here. Wizard of Oz star uh, and passed away far too early in the 50s. Uh, Miss Judy Garland, born in this date in 1922. Uh, 1927, longtime uh, basketball coach at the University of Massachusetts and not- most notably Michigan, passed away in 2013. Johnny Orr uh, was, head co- or was coach of the year as well. Um, one of Rothman's favorite guys, Shark, as he loved Don Corleone and the San Diego Chargers and the trigger man for the- those teams. And called a lot of Buckeyes games, and people thought he was probably a Buckeye hater. Our guy Dan Pouts, turning 70 years old. Wait, did you Fouts. say Pouts? <laughs> I like to call him Dan Pouts, though, Shark. I think it sounds a little bit better uh, when you throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beautiful Elizabeth Hurley, turning 56 years young today, still looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, comedian Bill Burr, who I find, you know, incredibly offensive but also incredibly entertaining, holds pulls no punches. And really goes after it. His SNL monologue during uh, COVID was absolutely tremendous. Uh, But Bill Burr, turning 53 years old Mm. today. uh, Singer, we've got a trio of uh, birthdays today. We've got uh, Faith, uh, turning 48 years old. Faith Evans, turning 48. Pokey Reese, turning 48. And Shark, I know that you're probably a huge fan, being a Cleveland native yourself. Flesh and Bone, member of Bone Thugs and Harmony, turning 48 years old today, Uh, my former teammate and former Minnesota Golden Gopher and Dallas Cowboy finished up, I believe, with the Chicago Bears, Mr. Marion the Barbarian Barber, Mm. turning 38 years old, who, man, Marion had one heck of a run there for a couple years in the NFL. He's uh, not the fastest dude in the world, Shark, but a physical and dominating runner, a guy that you did not want to have to get close to and tackle because he was trying to run straight through your tail. Uh, So happy 30th birthday to Marion. Happy 27th birthday to Kate Kate Upton. A lot of beautiful people born right here on June 10th. And some famous passings today. Alexander the Great back in 323 B.C., the Macedonian king, helped expand uh, the Greek empire at that point in time. And he was not even Greek. He was actually Macedonian. So entertaining there. Ray Charles, the singer for Mr. Diet Pepsi. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not the Ray Charles, who's also a singer and composer, who is a uh, Caucasian man, who is not blind as well. Uh, I don't know if you remember that discussion, <laughs> I, Beam and I had. I, I was like, this not like, I was like, this has to be the actual Ray Charles. Th- maybe you weren't even in. I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, wait a second. So after I, I pulled it up, I'm like, that's not the guy that I remember. This is a white guy, and he is not blind. Ray Charles, the guy I'm thinking of, is a blind black man and sang the Diet Pepsi commercials and did such a great job. And I swear I thought you were on because we pulled the Diet Pepsi commercials. Beam loved them. He's like, why don't I ever remember these? i like, because you were probably two and three years old when Diet Pepsi was really hitting its stride uh, back in the mid-90s. So uh, happy birthday or uh, passings to Ray Charles, Mr. Diet Pepsi. Uh-huh, uh-huh. his uh, ch- ch- National Ballpoint Pen Day. Uh, Rothman, it's Anthony Rothman Day, herbs and spices. I don't know if that's the kind you sprinkle or mm. the kind you smoke, Rothman or uh, Shark. It doesn't really say in there. Um, Rothman will probably be smoking some of those as opposed to sprinkling them on his food. And then it's uh, National Iced Tea Day. So, Shark, if you're a fan of the iced tea, maybe even the John Daly, get yourself some and enjoy it. That is this date, June 10th. Uh, the 161st day of the 2021st year, and one other quick note: Shark tomorrow, I believe, June 11th. What is the year? 2021. Mm. Do the math on this. I believe it will be my parents' 44th wedding oh, anniversary. Nice. So, happy anniversary to them!
2: Wow, can you remember to do that tomorrow? Oh gosh, I was thinking today was Friday. No, never mind. I oh, yeah. will bring that up We've tomorrow. Got a then. Friday edition of the show. All right, the Cleveland Browns' mandatory minicamp is next week. Yesterday, they held an OTA. Up next, we're going to tell you who was there and who wasn't and hear from Coach Kevin Stefanski. You're listening to Morning Juice on the fan. From the
1: Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by BP. It is currently accident-free, but we do have patchy fog out there that could be reducing visibility for the morning drive. So use caution and keep those low beams on. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get $0.05 cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP and Amoco stations. That means more savings and more, well, whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So go on, treat yourself. Download BP Me Rewards and start saving today. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: One of these guys voluntarily ripped off his toenail. I don't have anything else to say. You're listening to Morning Juice.
2: Shark and Carp on a Thursday. Mark the Shark in for Brandon Beam. And yes, it was Bobby Carpenter that ripped off his toenail voluntarily. Your Doppler 10 forecast. Warm, humid today. An afternoon shower. High 83 tomorrow. More of the same. 82. Chance of some showers. We like to call it June weather. B-I-O-P-I-C. Do you call that biopic or biopic? Biopic. Biopic.
3: That's Uh, what I would go with.
2: Okay. Um. You were talking about uh, Ray Charles. Yeah. Um, please tell me you saw the movie Ray.
3: Yeah, of course the I did. The
2: biopic. I mean, the biopic with Jamie Foxx. Won an Oscar for that.
3: Yeah, Jamie Foxx did a fantastic yeah. job in that. Very good.
2: I think it was the same year or around the same time that the Johnny Cash biopic came out. Um and I loved Reese Witherspoon. I think she won an Oscar for her role as June Carter Cash. In
3: that the, you know, I, I've really enjoyed the fact that they've started going back, you know, and whether it's, uh, it was, oh gosh, what the heck is the Queen movie called? Uh,
2: the Queen? No, Are you talking about Queen Elizabeth with uh, Helen well, Mirren?
5: Bohemian know, Rhapsody. What,
2: yes. Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. that short, Queen. I'm not talking about <laughs> royal nonsense.
3: I got Do you. I, Sir, do I look like somebody who cares about the Royals much? (laughs) No. Only to make fun of them. That's really about it. But I've really enjoyed that. You know, Elton John wasn't quite as good, but the fact that they've gone back on a lot of these famous singers, some dead, some still alive, and really opened up the window and to kind of see how they lived and for the most part, you know, how they came to be, what they actually were, and, you know, life through the 60s and 70s. And for people that are younger, I mean, like myself and anyone younger than me, they had no idea what that was all about and what was happening and what was going on. So it's a great window into history in an entertaining way. I'm a big believer, Shark, that we need to learn about history, understand what happened, and understand the realities at the current time. And believe me, we're in different places as a society, as a society since you know since then. But understand kind of what was going on at the time and what the public sentiment was. So. There's a lot going into that, and I've enjoyed the fact that we've taken these looks into these famous singers and, and movie stars, whoever it is, their lives, and they've done it in a really entertaining and in a very talented way. And so it's, it's made for some terrific cinema, because I, I love watching that stuff and learning something about people that I, I love their music or I love their work, and get to learn something about them, Shark, you know, being, like I said. Little little entertainment, little education, all blended into one. That's what we try to do here on the Morning Juice. By the way,
2: yeah, well, and they've gotten so much better in recent years because in the old days, you know, when they had uh, William Bendix playing Babe Ruth in the the Babe Ruth story, it was awful. It was just awful acting, and most of those biopics were bad. But the, I mean, Ray was terrific. And so was uh, what was the Johnny Cash "Walk the Line"? Walk the Line. Yeah, I mean those are those are really good. Bohemian Rhapsody. How about John really good.
3: Goodman as a Babe Ruth? How's that? But, yes. Sound?
2: How about that? Whammer. No, no, that was Whammer was in the Natural. He was Babe Ruth. But what was the name of that movie? Wait, the Babe. The Babe. Yeah, I mean, Babe was about a pig. The Babe was about Babe Ruth. By the way, let me clear this up because I I want to apologize if um. I said midget in the last segment. Oh, short person, a little it, we, person. I don't okay. Know. Well, when I said it, I was talking about Eddie Goodell, who, who batted for the St. Louis Browns back in the nineteen forties during the war. And I looked up at Bodie, and he kind of gave me a strange look, and I thought, oh, maybe I'm not allowed to say that anymore. So, uh, yeah, short people.
3: Well, that's as he's called at the time. I mean, short sure, is what I at about. the time
2: We're- it was, yeah.
3: We're, we're, we're moving on okay. it's all good man all all absolutely good no worries
2: cleveland brown's chief of staff callie brownson was in court this week she was allegedly driving 55 at a 35 mile per hour zone two weeks ago when she was pulled over police arrested her after she tested for drunk driving had a blood alcohol content of point two one five. that's mm. more than two and a half times the legal limit in ohio Bronson pleaded no contest in court And yesterday, Browns coach Kevin Stefanski addressed the situation with reporters.
0: Yeah, as you guys know, uh, extremely disappointed. Uh, We take these things very seriously. We're working with the league uh, on appropriate discipline. Uh, Callie's obviously very remorseful, and uh, she's going to learn from this, and and we'll support her along the way. First, I'll tell you, she is suspended. uh, When it comes to the, the, the rest of the discipline, we're working with the league on that. Um, I just reiterate what I said she 's extremely re- remorseful i 've spoken to her many times uh, and and she 'll learn from this and, and, and hopefully we uh, she'll will she'll, we'll be all be in a better place uh, after this but uh, you know she i 'm disappointed uh, she 's disappointed and, and uh, again we 'll just work through all the particulars
2: and we really don 't know how long the suspension is, but uh, Stefanski was the one who hired Callie Bronson last year, one of the few female assistant coaches in the NFL. Uh, Bob, male or female, the NFL is going to hold you accountable.
3: Oh, they don't care, man. Like, I mean, you go look at some of the things that have happened in some of the GMs, and it'll be interesting to see, but oh gosh, the GM for the cards, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. You know, he's had a couple DUIs. I mean, there's. Isn't the, it
5: Steve Kime? says Yeah, right? Steve Kime. And, Bodie, and then I think you he tried to drop, like,
3: it. a do you, do you know who I am after, like, trying to say he was a player. So I, I don't know. There's some craziness there. But, yeah, these guys. The NFL doesn't care. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do this, they, they come down hard on players. And this is what what's changed, Shark Since they started coming down on players, they have to come down hard on the coaches and the management because you, you're trying to sit here and tell me, like, well, we hold you to a high standard as a player. Well, you should hold the people in the management positions to an even higher standard. You're know, more mature. They should be examples for the players. They need to be above reproach. If you're going to sit here and issue edicts and tell us to people what they can and can't do. So it's, it, this is going to be a little bumpy situation in Cleveland. I'd like to, I mean, listen, forget to hear what Kevin Stefanski says, has to say about it. Get Callie out there. Now, I know she probably didn't want to talk for the legal aspect of it, but I mean, that's have people answer their own questions, man. If you're going to sit here and do these things, like, you know what? Make mistakes, go out and you got to face the music yourself. So I'm sure at some point she may be back in front of the cameras and those questions will be asked, but Shark, sure I would anticipate. You know, a, a fairly lengthy suspension and something that's fairly punitive because, he like said, the all DUIs are not created equal. Blowing a point two Whew. is a lot different than you know bar- barely blowing over a point one. I mean, you're you're doubling it up now. So yeah. uh, that's, there, there's, there's there's mistakes and then there's something, you know, something that's a little more severe. So thankfully, no one was hurt, which is the biggest thing of this. Uh, and like Kevin Stefansky said, hopefully, she'll learn from this. Uh, and moving forward, this but shark the fact that this is the biggest distraction the Cleveland Browns have had this offseason I think speaks volumes to where they are as a franchise. Well,
2: you can see that video, Bob, if you want to. You said you wanted to see some video. Uh, go to YouTube. They've got the the.
3: I want to see her come to the camera. No, I know, no, and I know but they've
2: it. got the cruiser cam there. Perfect. And uh, you can see her uh, in her inebriated state. Anyway, the uh, Browns don't have their mini camp. Until next week, that's mandatory, of course. Yesterday's OTA was voluntary, so a bunch of guys didn't attend, including Baker Mayfield. Um, backup quarterback Case Keenum was there. Last year's first-round draft pick, Jedrick Wills, he was there. Receiver Cadero Hodge. Two new additions to the secondary Cornerback Troy Hill, safety John Johnson also showed up. And, Bob, this kind of feels like um, it feels a little political, Like, did you get vaccinated or not? The president of the Players Association is Brown Center J.C. Tretter, and he has recommended that his teammates not show up to voluntary workouts. It almost feels like, you know, you're a scab if you do show up, like you're crossing the picket line or something.
3: Well, it's tough. It's putting him in a tough spot because he's the president of the Players Association. And then, you know, Baker, you know, wants to be a leader for his team and also, you know, be a leader within the NFL. He's going to listen to what this guy says. Um, uh, it's my understanding, uh, most of the defense, I believe, has been showing up. Is that correct, yes. Shark? Yeah, in fact, yeah, they so,
2: had, at the last OTA, they had 55 guys there, most of the defense, yeah.
3: Yeah, And so most of the defense, you get some of the offensive linemen there to work on some technique stuff. It's good that Jedrick Wills is going. But Baker's got Landry, he's got, you know, Odell. Those guys have been, like, working together themselves somewhere. So that's great. Go work by yourself, get it done. You know, you have to show a strong face. Yeah, there's a political tie, an element to it. You know, as far as the union versus the owners and everything, basically, what it comes down to, like the players don't want to do these pointless OTAs for, you know, four or five weeks now. Like, and I've said this, like you want to condense this thing down, the off-season program, have it available for guys to go and work out. Don't here's, you can It has to be an availability. It can't be voluntary because voluntary has turned into mandatory. So if guys want to come and work out from, you know, March, you know, through the end to the training camp, they have the ability to do that. And there's going to be stuff there. There's no attendance taken, no this and that. There's not going to be any structured team activity, except for maybe like a three-week period where you come back and you have three or four OTAs a week, you know, capped off with a mini camp, and you do that over, I don't know, 14, 17 days. And then guys can get back out, and they can go back to either just working out and working on their bodies without taking some of these meaningless reps, or they can go back to where they live because a lot of these guys don't live in the places that they train, that they play, and that, that was the case with me. I I enjoyed getting back to work with my teammates. Always enjoyed going there and working out with them and being a part of that. And you know, in the off season, it's when you have a lot of camaraderie, you're going. You know, you take a weekend and go on vacations together. You're going out on a boat together, having dinner with your family, wives, barbecues, all that stuff. And that's all well and good. But ultimately, I just wanted to get back to Columbus, Ohio. And so I could come back here, I could see my family, see all my friends who I played with at Ohio State who were playing in other places. You know, we could go out and hang out. And so, you know, I can do that and train here at a much nicer facility at Ohio State and then go on to training camp. And I put it on myself to get myself ready to know what I needed to do. And so a lot of guys now are getting to this point where they realize last year, Shark, they didn't have OTAs and everything went just fine.
2: It is a Thursday, and that means it's time to go dealing with Rick Reichert as we pick our players of the week. That's next on Morning Juice here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by JCPenney. Make way for Father's Day at the Friends and Family Sale. It is still accident free, but with areas of fog, you'll want to use some caution out there today. And keep in mind, construction has the Broad Street ramp to I 71 northbound closed. Make way for Father's Day at JCPenney's Friends and Family Sale. Save big with an extra 30% off coupon and score the hottest styles. Plus, find the perfect gift for your number one guy. Get dad cool tools for the grill, fun novelty gifts, and more. Sponsored by JCPenney. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice. Bark the Shark, Bobby
2: Carpenter. It is Thursday morning, 6.39, and that can mean only one thing.
1: Morning Juice presents, they're dealing... Sponsored by
5: Reichardt.
2: Always great to check in with uh, Rick Reichert. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. You know, it's a crazy time right now in the housing market. There's uh, very little inventory out there. So when a house goes up for sale, there are like 25 offers for it. And I've had people putting stuff in my mailbox that they want to buy my house. It's not for sale, but they want to buy my house because there's nothing out there. I talked to my daughter last night, Rick. She's getting calls about her car. (laughs) <laughs> is mm-hmm. is inventory yeah. low in the used car world
0: um it's it's getting very tight you know the the production problems on the new side have slowed that down, which with lower supply and there's a lot of demand right now, low supply, high demand in the market, it does create for uh, some additional values and some higher demand for these used cars so mm-hmm. yeah, not, not to go on a business deal or anything, but if it's if you have something to consider trading in trade ins really are at an all time incredible high and it makes it so uh whatever you're buying new or used, you're gonna get a phenomenal deal. So um and and a lot of people don't know what their cars are worth, so you have like I'm getting text messages about selling my house. Like what? I don't even have my phone number. Why are they texting <laughs> – <to> <laughs> your I'd like to make you an offer. Like, no, I just remodeled. I I'm, I'm, I'm live little, little, <laughs> Uh So yeah, but but just be careful because a lot of those calls and those, just like with the extended warranty stuff and all of that, if you don't know somebody and they're reaching out and they're trying to buy your, whatever it is, they're probably, you know, hoping you don't know what it's really worth. So just be careful, right? Right. There's a lot of scammers. But yes, yes, the market is absolutely
2: crazy. All right, buddy. I am anxious to hear who your player of the week is.
0: Well, my third deal in Player of the Week, and I'll be completely honest, after this event happened Sunday morning, I've been on a motorcycle since then. I'm somewhere deep in the mountains of Tennessee right now. I have no idea where I'm at, actually. I got caught in the rain yesterday. It was nasty. We pulled off and found a Holiday Inn Express. So, didn't watch a whole lot of sports, but I feel like this is my opportunity to talk about motorsports and racing a little bit, because all into this Formula One season, there's some unbelievable racing happening. And on Sunday morning, the Baku Street Circuit, I got to give this shout-out because the most dominant performance of the day was Max Verstappen. He's been on fire this year, leading the driving points, all of that stuff. And the guy had a 10-second lead in the race and was just, I mean, the announcers are crowning him the victor. The crowds are cheering. It's the equivalent of, you know, football, a team down by one, and all of a sudden guys in the open field, wide open, balls in the air. The game's won, and then at the one-yard line just tripping and falling. And what happened was, his tire blew on the straightaway with two laps left in the race and threw his car right into the wall. So the Pirelli tire company is definitely not going to be the they're dealing player of the week for anyone motor source, but Max Verstappen is still going to get my award because his driving performance was awesome. And he's on fire and, uh, kind of cheering on the Red Bull team at this point. Um, that's what I got fellas. What's going on with you?
3: That's, uh, that's fantastic, Rick. I love that you're getting a nice long ride, and it is not the weekend week to be doing that. As I look at the uh, Doppler, there are just little scattered pop-up showers everywhere. So you're cruising around, and all of a sudden, bam, you get hit by some some rain. You're trapped under an overpass, or you'll know, find the nearest hotel to pull into. So hopefully, we wish you safe travels as you continue to do that. My um, right. their deal and player of the week is going to be Ryan Day for 444 days. They were not allowed to have any contact in person with recruits. That all changed last week. And it's really even more Ryan's wife, his lovely his lovely wife, Nina. Because if you look at this, what was Saturday night? Saturday night was their anniversary. What do you have? You have work. You have a recruiting meeting. And they found a way to kind of blend that together. What a team player doing that for her husband and for their marriage and their relationship and for the Buckeyes, really, because – they did a great job locking down some of these recruits. I anticipate a lot of commits coming here over the next month, and a lot of that's due to the personal contact and connection. So for her to be able to you know, put their special day aside, kind of blend that together with the recruiting day, uh, that that means a lot, I guarantee you, to Buckeye fans everywhere. So Ryan Day and his lovely wife Nina, they are my, they're dealing, Players of the Week. Shark, who do you have?
2: Well, first of all, congratulations to Patrick Cantley for winning his second Memorial. But I want to give props to John Rahm, who... You know, could have been angry at the PGA for making him withdraw, but uh, took it like a man, said all the right things, showed a lot of class after probably missing out on a victory and $1.67 million. So, uh, well, I was going to say congratulations to him, not congratulations, but uh, thank you for showing a little class. Hey, Rick, I'm just curious, are you dealing with any cicadas down there in Tennessee? Do they go that far south or not? Man, these things
0: are so big that I'll be riding the bike and it's almost like they're birds and they're coming at you slow motion <laughs> and they fly by. One of them smacked me in the glasses and I, I don't. I, I thought it was a whole team of bugs. So these, these things are big and they're they're, they're crazy. I I, I, I I can't wait till they're gone and back underground for 17 years.
2: Amen. <laughs> hey I, I <laughs> hope I'm around the next time they are out. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, thanks, buddy. <laughs> we'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Talk to you soon. You too. Uh, a college quarterback We'll go to a third school in two years, and LeBron is changing numbers again. It's all part of our quick hitters, and that's next
1: on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by upsjobs.com. We do have patchy fog in the area this morning, so that will have you keeping your speeds down here and there. Also, an accident reported on State Route 674 northbound at Apparel Road. Truck drivers, it's time to get rolling with UPS. Drive for a team that's respected everywhere. Tractor trailer drivers can earn $21 an hour to start and up to $40 an hour through a five-year progression. Apply now at upsjobs.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: If morning juice were a smell, it would be a combination of Bengay and undercarriage. Heavy on the undercarriage. This is Morning Juice.
2: Mark the Shark in for Beamer today. Morning Juice, sponsored by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Right now, it is time for this.
1: Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters.
2: You know, uh, Ed McCaffrey was a, a very good receiver, first at Stanford, then in the NFL, mostly with the Denver Broncos. His sons are all football players. Christian, a Heisman finalist at Stanford, now... A star for the Carolina Panthers. Another son, Dylan, a quarterback at Michigan. Another son, Luke, was a quarterback at Nebraska. Two years ago, he... Don't atten- forget, hey,
3: Shark, sure, don't leave out Max, who was the oldest who played wide receiver at Duke, you said, correct?
2: Max was at Duke?
3: I thought Max played at Duke, the oldest.
2: I, I kind of didn't know that. So he's got four sons. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Anyway, in 2019... Luke McCaffrey attempted 12 passes for the Cornhuskers, completed nine of them, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then last year, uh, during the COVID season, he completed 63% of his passes, but had just one touchdown and six interceptions. Great on the ground, rushed for 364 yards and three touchdowns in limited action. But apparently, Luke was not happy because he entered the transfer portal and headed to Louisville. And there is no transfer penalty, so he didn't have to sit out a season. Uh, He was going to compete with Malik Cunningham, who was the Cardinals' starting quarterback last season. But just a few months into his time at Louisville, McCaffrey has decided to leave. He spent uh, just like three or four days working out with the team, and according to head coach Scott Satterfield, decided this wasn't the place for him. So, Bob, Luke McCaffrey back in the transfer portal.
3: You know, and a lot of guys jump around, you see this stuff happening all the time. And, you know, when you first teased it, I... I wasn't even looking at the show she. I thought you were going to talk about Tate Martell again and where all yeah. he was going. But uh, the interesting thing with Luke McCaffrey, you know, the fact that his dad was a longtime NFL player. He's the head coach at Northern Colorado at, uh, where is he at? Northern Colorado, maybe?
2: I think that's right.
3: Yeah, Northern Colorado. And you would think that they would have, when, when you're transferring, like, listen, you, you don't want to be jumping ship every, every season, every six months. And so when you transfer, you figured he'd look into this, look at the situation, try to figure out what the best position would be for him to go there and play. And part of that is you taking a hard look at how good you are. And he was a five-star kid coming out, obviously started at Michigan, but it's or Nebraska, but it's um, yeah, it's disappointing to kind of see him, you know, transferring again. You know, his brother transferred out of Michigan. Just, I'm not sure exactly why those guys haven't been able to play. I thought Luke looked pretty good in some limited action last year, but. You know, now he's going to be on to his third school in as many years.
2: Yeah, I uh, y- you would think coming from a football family, his dad would would give him some good advice, and maybe his dad is advising him. But man, what, what, how many time, how many different colleges are you going to play for till you find the right fit? It, it seems kind of ridiculous. Uh, LeBron James wore number twenty three in high school at Akron St. Vincent St. Mary because he loved Michael Jordan while growing up, as most kids did, and he still wore. 23 when he was drafted by the Cavs but his Olympic number for Team USA was 6 and when LeBron went to the Heat he wore number 6 for those 4 seasons when he came back to the Cavs switched back to 23 and he kept that number when he signed with the Lakers and LeBron actually was going to give it up the uh, number 23 to Anthony Davis when AD came to the Lakers but Davis said no he was going to switch to number 3 now James is switching back to number 6 with L.A. And not really sure why, because uh, the unibrow says he's keeping number three. He's not going to take 23. Uh, Bob, any any theories on why LBJ would want to switch again?
3: You know, I don't know, man. Like you said, he went with six to the heat, and you understand, okay, it's new team, new number. Okay, I got that. Um, I I don't know, what am I, tra- chasing MJ six titles? Is there some significance to it? Like, I've never understood, you know, the the, the swapping of the jerseys like this mid-career i mean if you want to make it do it once and then he went back to 23 23 is available with the lakers he was wearing it if you wanted to give it up to ad i understand that but i don't understand at all why he would be doing this now you know and and people are like oh everyone should be worried he's going to be on a tear like it's a number it's not the super <laughs> it's not it's not iron man tony stark suit okay it's just the jersey it's just the number it, and I understand there's an attachment to it, and believe me, I'm as attached as anybody some of the numbers I had. But listen, man, it's not going to make that big of a difference.
2: The Indiana Pacers' lack of patience is showing. Nate McMillan was the head coach there for four years, led Indiana to the playoffs every season, but couldn't get out of the first round, so he was fired. The Pacers hired Nate Bjorkren. He went 34-38 and 38 this season, didn't make the playoffs, and yesterday he was fired after just one season. The amazing thing is they interviewed... 20 people for that job a year ago and chose Bjorkran. And now they've decided, Bobby, after 72 games, that he's not the man.
3: It's crazy. Like we just talked about, you know, with uh, Luke McCaffrey spinning through different schools, coaches like front office, you hire the right guy, you let him work. And if you don't feel confident in who you're hiring, then you know what? You need to find someone who is confident and knows what they're looking for. You have your set of characteristics and traits that you want to have with people in that position. So oftentimes, uh, management, you know, anyone who's making decisions, they don't know what they're looking for. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, we'll stumble upon it when we find it. No, this is the type of person we are looking for. These are the characteristics that they must possess and in intangible qualities. Let's find a person with that. And when we found that person, we'll hire them. You know what we're going to do, Shark? Sure, we're going to support them and let them work through some things. Occasionally, you do make mistakes, but when you're spinning through coaches, You know, after you fired one who was pretty good, just couldn't get you over the hump, you better make sure the next guy is going to be better than that dude.
2: Absolutely. As a Browns fan, I know that. We've been through a lot of one-year coaches. All right, the CN Tower is in Toronto. Ontario natives are upset that it is honoring Montreal. We'll have that story as part of our re-rack, and that is next. You're listening to Morning Juice on the fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center...
4: This report is sponsored by Dell Technologies. We do have patchy fog and an accident on Winchester Southern Road northbound at Peril Road. Use caution and watch for delays in that area. Sometimes it feels like the course keeps changing right before your eyes. Dell Technologies Advisors have the tech solutions you need to help your business get out in front and stay ahead of the game. For advice on solutions like XPS 13 laptops powered by Intel Evo platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
1: Protein shakes and energy drinks. The breakfast of champions. This is Morning Juice.
2: Hour number two of Morning Juice, Shark and Carp. On a Thursday, I am filling in for the vacationing Brandon Beam. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN. I was looking uh, during the break, Bobby. Max McCaffrey is, uh, did go to Duke, played a little bit in the NFL. Um, he is now a receivers coach for his dad at Northern Colorado. So, yeah. yeah, there you go, man. They were cranking out the kids though, weren't they? Max is 27. Christian is 25. Dylan is 22 and Luke is 20. So uh, four boys in a span of seven years, they were all, you know, power five, uh, football players. Pretty amazing.
3: Yeah. It's, it was very impressive. I remember cause I studied and read a lot on the family when, uh, they all started, you know. Christian started coming out. I'm like, wait, is I remember his older brother playing at Duke. i uh, being a pretty good receiver there, and then had some limited time with the Packers uh, as well. And then you, you obviously have seen the the youngest two here, Dylan and Luke, who played quarterback. Uh, and you, know, I was ho- you're hoping that you know one of those guys would be like a quarterback version of Christian. You know, super athletic, very fast, throw a good ball, and be able to have some success. Maybe not Dylan as much since he was at the University of Michigan. So. You know, I didn't want to see him have quite as much success, but I thought Luke would be one of the guys that turned Nebraska around and you know, played pretty well early in the season there last year. And it's crazy that he's not there.
2: Well, and he is like a running back at quarterback. He's really fast and elusive. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's bothersome. I am all in favor of players being able to transfer at least uh, one time without having to sit out, but... I just feel like there's, um, you know, come on. You've got to make better decisions than that. If you're going to pick a school, pick a school and and uh, embrace the competition. Don't run from it. Anyway, um, it sounds a little bit like the Carpenter family, Sure. Right?
3: Well, yeah. you got I mean, three
2: of them, and are any of them going to play football? Uh, The boys? Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah they, the oldest one plays right now. The younger one plays flag. My four-year-old, I mean, he's just running around being a crazy little animal, so... Yeah, I mean they'll they'll be in there. I mean my brothers all played football. We we all end up doing yep. that thing. So we're eight years apart from top to bottom. Not quite on the McCaffrey uh game plan, but you know, it was it was fairly, fairly close, if you will. So you was kind of familiar. That's why I like studying with that. I'm like four boys, I man. All right, let's let's dig in and kind of see see what they've got going here and it was awesome, their family. Uh Ed's wife, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, Lisa. she played s- soccer, I want to say, at Oregon. Or Stanford too, maybe. And maybe it was her It was her dad who ran track at Oregon. I want to say he was like a silver medalist in the Olympics in the 100 meter or 200 meters. So, I mean, you, you got a lot of speed coming there. So that's absolutely uh, terrific for them. And that's why their boys are such such good athletes, Shark. And you know, as I say that, I'm, I'm walking back in from break. I was going out making, getting the water and getting some coffee. You know, we've had all this, uh, you know, we had the water on Monday. So we're four days out you know, still trying to get all the, the blowers and the dehumidifiers and everything to make sure all the water's pulled out of the floors and you know so there's not molding and everything but it sounds like an airport tarmac like in my living room <clears throat> given the number of fans and like dehumidifiers it, it's insane so i i walk out there and i'm just like depressed there's so much wind blowing around i, I don't know what's going we don't know where i'm at and then all of a sudden it's like, <sighs> like you can you, could, you couldn't even talk on the phone in there if you wanted to let alone hear somebody
2: Mm, that's painful uh back in i want to say 2018 it was opening day of the nfl season i'm getting ready to sit down and watch the browns and steelers game my wife is going bowling with some of her friends that day she's leaving but she she went downstairs in the basement to get something and said "Mark, my ankles are up to water the sump pump had conked out we had big storms that weekend, and the whole basement was flooded. I feel your pain, man. the The, the um, mitigation guys came in, and we're talking about turbocharged fans. These things are enormous and make oh, yeah. so much Tur- noise. And they had like twelve of them in my yeah. basement, drying that out. It was a nightmare, though.
3: Got the basement dried out, I think, for the most part. Still working on the kitchen there and making sure that's good. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's been a been a trying three days as we're trying to navigate this process and it will be a long road ahead shark as we start looking (sighs) at what we're going to have to do to bring our house back to where it was so still have some holes you know some nice giant holes in the ceiling in the basement and in the living in the kitchen so fantastic
2: by the way lisa mccaffrey yeah stanford university okay she went there with with her uh, future husband ed apparently
1: all right before i forget let's do this keeping you informed about what's trending this morning it's time for a little re-rack on morning juice
5: sponsored by billiards plus the best selection of pool tables and the best service in central ohio
2: bob i saw that our our old buddy brad shaw has been hired as an assistant coach with the vancouver canucks i remember when we had Jeff Swoboda on, it was before Torts left, it was towards the end of the season, we knew that he was going to be gone, and I I remember, um, of course, uh, Jeff is the Jackets insider, and we were talking about potential candidates to replace Torts, and among guys on the staff, he thought that Shaw would get an interview, Um, instead the Jackets cut ties with him right after uh, Tortorella left, so Shaw ends up in Vancouver. Yeah, good for
3: him, man. Yeah. I know that uh, you know Torch thought a lot of him. Very, very talented coach. And I'm curious to see what the Jackets are still going to do. I mean, it's been a it's it, been a couple of week week and a half, two weeks now, trying to figure out who the head coach is going to be. I understand you're not on like a crazy timeline, and you know the season still isn't over yet. But um, unless you're waiting on somebody, man, I've, I've always been a fan of the sooner you can get your organization set up, the better.
2: Well, and I think Brad Larson. Is going to get an interview or has gotten an interview? So uh, I don't I don't know that they would uh, promote from within. Maybe they just want to you know start from square one. But we'll see how that stands. Um, the CN Tower sits in downtown Toronto. Been to the top several times. An incredible structure. They've got one of those you know glass bottom floors. So you stand on it, looks straight down uh, a thousand feet or whatever it is. Anyway, CN stands for Canadian National. It is the Canadian National Tower, and I guess it belongs to all of Canada, but it's associated with Toronto and, and Ontario. Anyway, much like the Empire State Building in New York or even the Lebec Tower here in Columbus, they, they'll they shine different colored lights on the towers at various times. Could be... One,
3: oh, it's like they do down, to, down
2: here, you know, yeah. shark. Could be orange and black at Halloween. Could be you know, red and green at Christmas, whatever's going on. The CN Tower this week was lit up in red, white, and blue, honoring the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, I thought it was
3: honoring America. No, it was
2: was honoring the Montreal Canadiens who have reached the conference semis in the NHL. And if you know anything about Canada, you know that it's like two different countries up there. You've got the French-speaking part, like in Quebec, and then the English-speaking part of the country, and the two sides really don't like each other. So you can imagine how Toronto residents feel about honoring, you know, Montreal's hockey team in Wait, downtown after,
3: Toronto. After Toronto got bounced, yeah, after
2: yeah, and yeah, Twitter lit up. One guy said, "This is insane. It's like New York lighting the Empire State Building in Red Sox colors." Um, I I'd kind of like to make the analogy. I, I'd say it's like lighting up the Leveque Tower in Columbus in maize and blue. Same country, different states. Much different states.
3: Shark, why don't we have your wife on who is Canadian and a subject matter expert on this to kind of break down the classic Canadians versus the French Canadians and we can talk about this. I think that would be fascinating that everybody would like to dive into it to understand the real animosities there between the two parts of the country.
2: It's amazing. The first time uh, when I was dating her, we went up to uh, Canada for, she's from Chatham, which is, um, gosh, it's only about a an hour north of Detroit and <laughs> I met her grandma on her 80th birthday, went up there for a party and the topic came up about Montreal or Quebec or something. And she threw out a few expletives about those people. They, it's like a civil war up there. They do not like each other. Gosh, and it's that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a crazy thing. Toronto and Montreal, you, you understand that rivalry, um yeah i would not want to be in toronto honoring the montreal canadians See,
3: that makes me feel good shark because like you look at all the problems and some of the division in our country and some of the issues that we have and knowing that there's massive problems in other countries <laughs> that people think are more civilized or they would never this would canadians are so nice this would never happen i can't imagine them not liking each other false they have issues, too. <laughs> Everybody has issues. Yeah. That's the reality of the world. You just don't know other people's issues as intimately as you know your own, and so you just assume they don't exist. So that is that is absolutely fantastic, Shark. Thank you for providing me that window mm-hmm. into the Canadian life, which, you, I mean, you married into now, so you're like half Canadian, I think. You, know, you drink a lot of uh, PBRs um, and eat the maple syrup. I mean, that's really Canadian bacon. You a fan of Canadian bacon or
2: real bacon? Real bacon. Come on, I'm an American. I don't know. I mean, you married a Canadian. I thought you might be slowly converting. She's converted. She's a true-blooded American now. Okay. Yes.
3: Speaking of that, true-blooded Americans. So I did some research. You mentioned uh, um, we're talking about Luke McCaffrey transferring again. Yeah. uh, From Louisville, talked about his father, his father Ed, and his his wife and Luke's mother Lisa to their four boys who all played Division One college football, or are currently playing Division One college football, or in the midst of, maybe they're just in the, the portal slide right now, Shark. <laughs> but either way, her dad, I, I read a Sports Illustrated article a long time ago on this, and her dad um, was Dave's, uh, Dave Syme, I believe I'm saying that right with the pronunciation. Yeah,
2: S-I-M-E.
3: Him. Yeah, S-I-M-E. And he was named the athlete of the most outstanding athlete of the 20th century from Duke. He always wanted to attend West Point uh, to be able to go there and play baseball. He could not. Instead, accepted a scholarship to Duke University. Uh, couldn't get into West Point. Why? Because he wanted to be a pilot, and he was colorblind, so they would mm-hmm. not allow him uh, to come in there. But when he was at Duke, he was on their baseball track and field teams, played football for one year in his first year of medical school, um, but then stumbled upon uh, the, running the 100-yard dash ran it in baseball shoes, and ran it in 9.8 seconds. Coaches asked him to hit the track team, and next thing you know, he's winning the silver medal in Rome in the Olympics
2: in 1960. Nice. So a lot of speed right there in that family. Yes, good genes from both sides. Uh, Bob, I know you're a Yager guy. Loved that, uh, that mullet back in the 80s and 90s. Oh, Yamir Yager is, is one of my
3: favorites, man. I mean, I would like to see him come back and play some more in the United States.
2: <laughs> what is he, like 47? Uh, he might be 48 or 49. Yeah. He played
3: two or three years ago, and now he's back playing over in Russia again. Yeah. like his dad's team, but, dude, why not? Like, bring him back over. I mean, he can give you some third-line shifts.
2: I didn't even know this until the story came up this week, but Yarmir Yager earned more money playing in the NHL than anybody in history. $129 million. In he played for like 25 years. Right, um, he has now been passed. Sidney Crosby, another Pittsburgh Penguin, has now made 129000000 million-plus. Alex, uh, Alex Ovechkin is third all-time at $123 million. He's still playing, of course. Rounding out the top five, you've got Shea Weber, the longtime uh, Nashville defenseman now with Montreal. Um Let's see, $120 million for Shea Weber. And then Vincent Lecavalier, who spent most of his career with Tampa Bay. He's now retired. Um, he's fifth. Anyway, Bob, this is just hockey earnings, nothing else. And Sid the Kid, you know, he's not close to retirement, so that number's going to go way up.
3: Yeah, I mean, those guys make a ton more today than Yamir ever did. But Yamir Yager, like, he bounced back and forth between the KHL, the NHL, later in his career but he played for so stinking long and he has some of the best hair you're going to find i mean that dude rocks that hardcore bullet like it's going out of style he is one of the first guys that kind of got me into hockey because watching him skate around and that flow just hanging out of there and his crazy russian self and you know that he's a, a russian madman i mean there's there's no doubt about it no one else would still be playing hockey at 47 years old uh so he was the guy that kind of got me into it in the Early to mid nineties him and Lemieux, I mean we didn't have the jackets back then, oh, I and... thought you
2: meant got you into growing your West Virginia waterfall no man i i that
3: was Pat Tillman that was just growing along oh, okay. I never had like a full on mullet. My you... brother, when he shaved got his hair cut, he shaved into a mullet for a couple of days i could I never did that. I just got it cut off and uh rocked it like that, so it was all good.
2: The Ohio State football team got a graduate transfer yesterday and made an offer to a quarterback who just finished his freshman year of high school. We'll discuss those topics next on Morning Juice here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by Sweet Pete. We do have an accident on Winchester Southern Road, northbound, and Peril Road. Use caution in that area. Otherwise, things seem to be moving pretty well so far for the early commute. Sweet Peat, the all-purpose composted mulch is organically formulated to nourish root growth, beautify landscapes, and naturally balance soil chemistry. One product, so many uses. If your soil is alive, your plants will thrive. Find a neighborhood store at SweetPeatOhio.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 930? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on The Fan.
2: Beamer just might be on the golf course this morning. Not sure.
3: Oh, there's no way. Not right now. Not yet? No. Uh, I would say, not. listen, this is his first day of sleeping in, Shark. He got up to Michigan. I saw him tweet out a picture of him sitting there looking at the lake, having a drink, and it was sunset. And I'm thinking, okay, he's probably going to turn in early. You'll be able to rest and relax. There is zero chance in my mind that he's scheduled golf on his first day off. Now maybe next week, maybe Friday, maybe Saturday. But dude you get up there after driving six hours, you want to settle in, have a drink, Frankie says relax, go do it, hmm. and go to go sleep in for your first day. When you're waking up at you know before five o'clock on a consistent basis, You'll want to sleep in. And when I say sleep in, I mean to like 7.30 or 8.
2: Uh, yeah, when I when I sleep in, it's like 4 o'clock. Yeah, that's sleeping in for me. On the weekend, it's rough. It's a, it's a hard lifestyle to get used to. Anyway, Beamer is in that state up north for the next week and a half. So I'll be filling in for him. The Daily Fan Poll sponsored by Rikert Hyundai. Today's fan poll, uh, 971thefan.com. Or you can just go to Twitter. Uh, beginning in 2022, should the National League switch to the designated hitter? You can go vote now. We'll update the results at the end of the show. Uh, let's talk some what Buckeyes. Are,
3: what are your thoughts on that, by the way, Sharks? Oh, absolutely.
2: I, either the American League needs to go back to having pitchers hit or the National League needs to go to the designated hitter. They need to have one set of rules. They play interleague play. It's ridiculous. Last night, the Indians are playing St. Louis, and the pitchers have to bat. They They don't bat. They don't. They don't take batting practice. Or anything, and it's just. Uh, well, maybe they should, Shark. Well, probably, but it's. Um, I, I don't understand why we play with two sets of rules. That's that's stupid. All right, you're you're my
3: baseball, you know, historian and purist. So I was yeah. curious as to your thoughts. A lot of people are all about, you know, eliminating the DH because that's the way the game should be played. But I'm like, who really wants to watch? You know, basically, me go up there with the baseball bat and try to swing at pitches. Why don't we just get, you know, more jobs, more opportunities, get the DH for a guy in there and let him go?
2: Yeah. Well, we are so deprived of offense right now in Major League Baseball. The batting average in MLB is 236 right now. 236 for the entire league. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't have pitchers batting. Um, all right, we know that OSU kicker Blake Hawbill has graduated. He's now in the NFL. I believe he is with the Titans. Uh, obviously not drafted, but uh, I, I think he signed with the Titans after after the draft. Anyway, that leaves Jack si- uh, Jake Seibert as the only returning scholarship place kicker. But one was not enough for Ryan Day, and now he has a veteran coming in to compete with Seibert. On Twitter yesterday, Noah Ruggles said, thank you, God. I am blessed beyond belief. I have accepted a scholarship offer and committed to the Ohio state university. And he did put the in bold letters. Ruggles has already graduated from North Carolina, spent three seasons with the Tar Heels, 19 of 27 in field goal attempts, 48 for 48 on extra points. He started in 2019, but lost his starting job last season. And Bob, now he is a Buckeye.
3: Yeah, man. Um, Believe me, you don't realize what it's like to not have a good specialist until you don't have a good specialist, and so being able to have good kickers and punters, I mean that's a weapon Tress used to love utilizing the kicking game, you know urban a little bit less. I think Ryan Day's a little more in that vein where you know what well, we're on the thirty yard line and it's fourth and one, let's go for it, fourth and two, let's go for it. Let's try to impose our will, but it's always nice to have one of those kickers coming in to be able to to give you that flexibility. Late in the game, when you need to be able to, you know, potentially make one and, and points are at a premium, uh, that's that is a critical critical asset to your squad.
2: Well, and and think about this: Seibert made just one field goal last season, twenty three yards out. Um, missed another one from forty four yards out against Indiana and then he missed from 40 and 45 yards in the spring game a couple of months ago. Really a small sample size, obviously, but uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little competition at every position.
3: Yeah, you like the competition, being able to get those guys in there and, and battle. That's one of the, the cruxes of Ohio State's development <laughs> is getting these guys to compete at an insanely high level. When you get them to compete uh, against each other, you're going to make, bring out the best in everyone. And so some guys, you know, they don't want to compete. And that's, that's what the worrisome thing is, Shark. And so as I stand, take a couple steps up onto my soapbox right now, that's the worrisome thing that we're creating in society. I'm a big player or a big fan of player mobility and an advocacy, an advocate of allowing them to make their own choices and they should be able to transfer and this and that. But there is a large part of me as well that I look at some of these uh, things that happen and some of the situations. And guys just transfer. I'm like, you know what? Are you transferring because, you know, there's a situation there that isn't the best for you? Are you transferring because, you know, you just weren't handed a job and that you may lose a competition? Like, which is it going to be?
2: Um, Ohio State hosting summer camps these days on campus. Yesterday, quarterbacks coach Corey Dennis worked out four quarterbacks. One of them, Adrian Posse, from the state of Florida, must have looked impressive, Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson were also watching, and then afterwards, Posse was called into the coaches' offices, and he was offered a scholarship. Now, that's not unusual, but what is kind of odd is that Posse is in the class of 2024. He just finished his freshman year of high school. And uh, and then, Bob, you find out that the kid has already been uh, offered scholarships from Florida, Miami, LSU, Georgia, uh, Texas A&M, Florida International. And... Uh, Bob, I know you're getting up there in years, but doesn't seem like you played that long ago. Just a dude from Lancaster. Did you ever get any scholarship offers after your freshman year?
3: Um, after my freshman year, shark, I was six two, probably about <laughs> at after the season, probably 160 pounds. Um, when I was at the end of my like full on freshman year, like going into transitioning to sophomore, I was probably got like 185 pounds. And I was playing, like, wide receiver and barely outside linebacker. I mean, I played safety the year before that. You know, I wasn't locked in. I mean, I guess I had a bigger frame and could run all right. But, I mean, I I always joke with people. They talk about the speed and, you know, this kid fast, this and that. I'm like, listen, there's a lot of maturity and development that goes on as kids begin to, you know, physically develop and go through puberty. And, like, I say, like, when genes start kicking in. And I mean, I was – Six one, six two. I probably ran about a five flat forty and weighed 160 pounds my freshman year. All right, and then you transfer that four years later. I weighed about 240 pounds and ran, you know, four six. You know, and that's all within the transition of high school. And so that's that's how that process goes. though, no, so I did not have any scholarship offers after my freshman year. I was very blessed to be able to get some after my sophomore year. Transitioning my junior year, first school that offered me Ohio State here, Bill Conley. And I forget who I was joking around with this. Um, ah, gosh, I just had this conversation the other day with someone who played, I think, at Ohio State. Oh, I think it was Cardale. And we're sitting here talking about this, and like, you know, Bill walks me down to camp and walks me to the indoor, like looking up at all the bowl stuff that's all over the place. And he's like, what's it going to take to make you a Buckeye? And I'm like... I'm not even really sure what the question is you're asking me right now, because I'm 16 years old. I came up here to camp, like not an invite to camp, just got a just paid and showed up with some of my high school buddies, <clears throat> and then like started getting pulled out into some different things and doing a little bit of different stuff. But you know, and I think that maybe they started seeing a little bit of maybe how good I was. I don't know, but and they said we're going to offer you a, a, a full scholarship here to Ohio State, and I I, I didn't know if that was like hey. That expires in like 10 minutes. Um, If it expires at the end of the day, I'm like (laughs) sputtering this out. I'm 60. I don't know how to handle this situation. No one tells you this stuff in life. You know, I don't think my dad was prepared for that to happen for me. Like, we hadn't really talked about any of that yet. He's like, hey, just go there. And his advice to me was, someone's always watching you. He's like, regardless of what drill you're doing, where you're at, how meaningless you think the task or mundane it might be, he's like, there's someone watching you and evaluating you. And whether it's the head coach or, you know, a GA or an intern, you know, it doesn't matter. Someone's always evaluating you. So always make sure you're pu- you're putting your best work out there. And so that was, like, his advice to me. Next thing you know, I'm in there day three of camp. Back then it was, like, four and a half days. There were these monster camps. The coaches used to just loathe how long they were. They'd have, like, two four-and-a-half-day camps or whatever. It was cool as a player. You know, as a high school kid, you'd stay in the dorms, get to hang out a little bit, you know, and kind of settle in and, and live – you know pseudo college lifestyle for a while but it was uh it was really pretty cool and anyway so he he asked me that and I'm like sputtering out that I you know is it okay if I talk talk to my parents and so this is before cell phones I think I had a calling card to be able to call my parents and I it was maybe the second to last day and I I hit the calling card and talked to my dad he's like well that's great you know he's like did he you know he say you know how long or whatever he's like no I just said talk it over it's all good and you know, I talked to you know, Coach Colin, like, yeah, we're gonna sit down, we'll talk about this, we'll come up. He's like, Yeah, take as much time as you need. You know, we really this and that. And he said, like, Yeah, we want to make sure your parents are on board and everything else. So it was uh it was uh a great ending, a good situation, but it was very awkward for me. because the first time they came out, like it was the first camp I had went to. I thought I was gonna you know, I was going to Miami, Ohio's senior camp coming up, like Northwestern, and their head coach was a good friend of my dad's, Mirandy Walker, for a long time. And so my dad was, like, partially sending me there to, like, get his professional evaluation on what position I should play and, you know, what I should go out, what I should do. And all that happened before any of this. So I was, like, woefully underprepared for how to handle that.
2: All right. We're up against it. I want to continue this conversation. We're going to have uh, Mike Tannenbaum on next, but a little lack of communication.
3: Miscommunication on my end, Shark? Yes. As I'm texting him this morning, he's like, I thought it was Friday. I'm like, could you do it? He's like, Friday would be much better. I'm like, all right, right. so we'll have you at 7.30. Tomorrow we'll get uh, ESPN NFL insider Mike Tannenbaum will join the program as an action-packed Friday. <laughs> okay. It will be with him and Mr. Hawk at yes, 8.30.
2: Looking forward to that. Anyway, Heather Pascoe, she just texted me, my good friend Heather. I've never met Heather in person, but you know, I I talk to her every day behind the scenes. And uh, she just texted me and said, Come on, Shark, hurry up. You told me you're going to stay on time. So let's get a uh, traffic update from Heather, and we'll be back to discuss Adrian Posse uh, coming up on Morning Juice on the Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. The accident out on Winchester Southern Road has cleared. So we're back to being accident free. Looks like the fog is beginning to clear out as well. So there's some good news for the morning drive. The experts at the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center Heart and Vascular Center are leading the way in vascular surgery through advanced procedures and life-saving emergency care. Trust your care to Columbus's only heart hospital ranked best by US News and World Report. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
1: Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is Morning Juice.
2: You know, once upon a time, back before there was email or back before there was text messaging, you used to have to call guests on the phone. Remember the phone? You dial it or push button. And you could sounds terrible. Yeah, you could actually say uh to Mike Tannenbaum, Mike, we're gonna have you on Thursday at seven thirty. Now, you know, when when did text come about? Fifteen years ago, twenty years ago? I yeah, know.
3: I mean you could text on my flip phone, it was very inefficient. Oh man,
2: it didn't have the QWERTY keyboard. No. So you had yeah, that was that was forever. really bumpy. It took forever, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, we did have a little miscommunication. I'm not going to take the blame on this.
3: One. I'll take the, I'll 100% take the blame. And Mike could have sucked it up. He's like, I've got some other stuff. He's like, I can make it work. i like, no, man. We'll push it tomorrow. I appreciate you doing a favor for us. You'll be able to come on. And so that's terrific. Right. He's, he's a good dude. Very, very helpful. So um, he's going to be on tomorrow. We've got AJ on tomorrow. I'm working through some guests. I know, Shark, I mean, you'd be very disappointed if over your eight-day Tenure at one point in time, we didn't have Albert Breer on. So yes. we'll work on scheduling him up. I'm going to work on trying to get Laura Rutledge on next week as well. So,
2: oh, yes,
3: the cavalcade of stars for you. I Sharp. love
2: her and I love him. I'd like, I'd like to have Albert on for like an hour. You know,
3: I <laughs> that's all t- you know what, Albert. Can you just join us in the 8 o'clock hour?
2: Can you can you hang on through this five-minute commercial break? We'd love to keep talking to you. Let's do that sometime. Um, anyway, Bob, we were talking about Adrian Posse, the ninth grader who has gotten a scholarship offer from Ohio State. And I, I can remember, you know who John Feinstein is, right? You know that name? Um, He's an author. He wrote a book on golf talking about a good walk spoiled. And then he wrote a book, gosh, back in the 80s um about bobby knight a season on the brink
3: okay so he wrote a season i know season on the brink yeah the good walk spoiled i'm not i don't know if i'm reading books about golf that
2: well it, yeah and i i honestly think it's uh it, it's a really good book believe it or not he spent a summer on the pga tour uh getting to know the guys and inside the ropes and all that stuff and so it, it's I don't want to say fascinating, but it was a good read. It was a good read. You know, you were talking about rowing in the six o'clock hour, this date in history, and mm-hmm. uh, who what was it? Oxford and Cambridge on this yeah. date in nineteen eighteen on the River Thames. On the River Thames, and um, I read a book. Oh gosh, it's probably been two, three years ago. Called "The Boys in the Boat," and now I don't, <laughs> I don't profess to be a, a crew fan, as in crew, as in rowing but this was about the 19 i don't even remember what olympics it was around the 1920s let's say about the washington crew team and th- there was a guy that was still alive and right before he died this author talked to him and got the whole story and wrote a book called the boys in the Bo- uh, the boys in the boat and it was going to be made into a movie and then when the whole thing went down, with um, God, my brain isn't working. Who is the producer that uh, is now in prison and you know for sexual abuse and all that stuff? Harvey
3: Weinstein. Harvey
2: Weinstein. Your okay. guy, not my guy. Harvey was going to make this movie, The Boys in the Boat, and then you know that all came down, and it's been put on the back burner. I don't know if the rights have been sold to anybody else, but I would highly recommend that book as well. Crew, not exactly one of the uh, mainstream sports, but it was a really, really good book.
3: Anyway, would, would you recommend Harvey Weinstein?
2: No, <laughs> no, you want to stay away from Harvey, um, Bob. We're talking about this um, this ninth grader at you know being offered at Ohio State, and John Feinstein wrote on the season of the brink about Damon Bailey, who was in the eighth grade, went to a high school in Indiana, was in the eighth grade when Bobby Knight offered him a scholarship. And he took him up on it, and Damon wound up going to Indiana had a pretty good career i I think he may have played a little bit in the nBA but he was a really good college basketball player, and at that time it was just ludicrous. Are you kidding me? You're offering a a college scholarship to a kid in the eighth grade who hasn't even developed He's you know squeezing his pimples and wearing braces and all that stuff so i'm I'm thinking about this Adrian posse and you and now. After the ninth grade, what could you possibly show as a ninth grader? Um, Your your body hasn't filled out. You don't have, probably don't have, an understanding of the quarterback position. But I'm guessing Ohio State had to put that out there just because of all the other top schools have offered the kid already.
3: That's part of it. It's it's staying pace with the game. I I wish that they wouldn't be able to offer kids at least after until after your sophomore year, so you have some form of game film on them more than just your freshman year. And you feel like you have a little bit better knowledge that you wouldn't be making mistakes. And that's the problem is they offer these guys and then you think you know how they're going to develop, but you never really do. And so some guys get offered and continue to get better and continue to improve. Some guys get offered and they're like, hey, I'm good. I'm, people are telling me I'm great. I'm on social media. I've got a bazillion followers of all these 45-year-old dudes who sit here and tell me I'm awesome and come to their school. And then you quit working. quit working. You don't get to be as good. And then some guys just they don't physically develop the way that you think they're going to, and maybe they don't get to be as big or as fast or as whatever it is. So check your box there. And so I, I've never been a huge fan of offering guys, you know, that early. You know, a lot of times it's like, hey, you want to know what the kid's going to look like? Look at his parents. Now that's not always the case, but I mean, nine times out of ten, I mean, you're going to have a pretty good idea of what a player is going to ultimately look like and be able to move like. Based upon you know the genetics of his family, and so you see that okay here you are this is what you have, and how hard are you willing to work then to take what you've been given and to continue to improve it? And that's what's really really tough to measure. So offering these guys this early, man, it's always a
2: dangerous game, shark. Well, and if you think about it, Bob, there's not a whole lot of risk involved. I mean, if if Adrian had said when when Corey Dennis made the offer yesterday, yes, I'm I'm verbally committing to Ohio State. I'm I'm going to be a Buckeye. There's nothing bonding. Yeah, there's nothing obviously until about it, but uh, until a, you know a letter of intent is signed. But still, I I my only rationale is that you're you're keeping up with the Joneses. You want this kid to make sure that Ohio State's on oh. his
1: radar.
3: Oh yeah, you don't want to be the last guy into the party. I mean that's uh, that's. Uh... You know, a, a massive, massive issue there because if all oh, like, well, you're the 10th school to offer I mean, you know, you, you weren't, should have been the first, you should have been this, you should have been that. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's crazy. Sometimes it's just a little keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of disappointing, you know, to see that. But that's, you know, that's happened before. I mean, they offer kids and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't really want to offer you anymore because we realize you aren't that good. Um, you know, we really couldn't just say that, and you just didn't develop like like you thought that we should, and it's uh,
2: it's tough, man. All right, up next, we're going to let you know what has us juiced. It's morning
1: juice on the fan from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Sweet Pete. We do have an accident on I six seventy eastbound just before Leonard Avenue. Your left lane is blocked there, and traffic is slow from I seventy one. Sweet Peats, the all-purpose composted mulch is organically formulated to nourish root growth, beautify landscapes and naturally balance soil chemistry. One product, so many uses. If your soil is alive, your plants will thrive. Find a neighborhood store at sweetpeatohio.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice.
2: 7:53 on a Thursday. It's a little
4: late, but it is time.
1: What's got you juiced?
4: Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services.
5: Call today. Get it fixed today.
2: Bodhi is filling in for me today as producer. Let's start with you, Bodie. What's uh, what's got you juiced?
5: I got a couple of things that got me juiced here on this Thursday morning. So first off, our uh, new studios here. We talked about this a lot over the last few months. We've been down here. How long we've we been down here, Shark? Probably about three months now, give or take. Down, so, downstairs. Yes, our new, new yeah, area here. Yeah.
2: I know we came to the station on November 7th, I believe. Yeah, but it yeah, was. It was like-
5: the 7th. I remember that because the night before, Notre Dame beat Clemson. So I remember we were here wow. the next day. <laughs> That's, uh, that was very important to me. But nonetheless, our new studios here at the 10 TV uh Kind of building, station, one. Now we've come a long way. Everything's pretty much up and all new. Well, I was in here on Monday and then I was off on Tuesday, so I came in yesterday and noticed there was a couple new additions. They added like a little bit of paint outside of each studio. Just kind of had like outside the Brown Studio it says Browns, Buckeyes, Buckeyes, etc. Looks real good. There's also like a huge pair of double like wooden doors that leads to some other part of the building. I don't even know what's on the other side of these doors. TV, but okay, Ten TV. TV. Yep. I, see, the mystery to me was kind of more exciting than what, <laughs> no, what was known behind those doors. But they put up like a wallpaper on it that is the Ohio State-like tunnel leading out from what would be the locker room out on the field. Looks fantastic. I don't know who came up with all the designs for everything that we got down here, but it looks really good. Kind of feel like there's like the two double doors. I feel like we could have done one the Ohio State tunnel, one the like leading down to the play like a champion today sign. Mm. I wasn't consulted on any of that, but nonetheless, I feel like we could have done that. <laughs> Another thing that's got me juice this morning, I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but the new Loki series uh, for Marvel and Disney Plus came out yesterday, the first episode. Saw a lot of people People giving that good reviews. I will be checking that out for sure today. I really love Falcon and the Winter Soldier from a couple months ago and the WandaVision one. So both those were fantastic. And I'm looking forward to watching uh, the Loki series starting today at some point. Bobby, what's got you juiced on this Thursday morning?
3: Oh, goodness. What is me juice Well, today is the first official day of summer for all of my kids. They finished up their last day of school yesterday and talked a little bit about that. They wanted to ride. These little electric motorcycles they got for Christmas, they look like, you know, kind of glorified dirt bikes. Probably go about 20 miles an hour. The problem was yesterday it was raining or we sprinkling in the morning. I'm like, dude, it's only going to rain more throughout the morning. Like My my third son, Colin, just pitches me hard on it. Hey, you know, well, we've got a place we can put them underneath to keep them out of the rain. I'm like, all right. So they, they do that. And then the problem is at one thirty they want to ride home. But they've got all this stuff, Shark. You know, it was stuff, stuff. So we've got to go there. We've got to get it. It's raining. Now it's like legit raining. They're riding home. I'm following them in my truck. I've got our four-year-old in there and all their bags and all this stuff. You know what? But I give them credit. They wanted to do it. We told them they could do it the last day of school. Probably should have reassessed after we found out the weather and picked a better day, but we did not. And so they took advantage of that, went and did it anyway. And I'm like, all right, I respect you guys for this. I would not have wanted to ride this thing in the rain I don't want it to get shorted out, number one, but I'm really just impressed that you guys have the stick to itiveness to be able to ride through this and not complain and get it done. So that is good. It's the first day of summer for them. They woke up. So like no lunches have to be packed. No dresses, ha- dressing has to be get, you know, begotten. gotten. They don't have to do their hair. Like they have swim practice in the morning. Boom, wake up, eat some breakfast, roll out of there and go do it. And that's fantastic. That has me juiced because I love summer. Probably one of my favorite times of the year. I enjoy a little spring, a little fall, but man, like, so many fond memories from just the pool and working out and doing all this stuff in the summer. I absolutely love it, Shark. Hit me with some Schlegel for today.
1: That's why you don't talk trash. Just go do your job. You suck. You're getting beat. You you know, like, what are we talking about? I don't even know how to explain it.
2: <laughs> that is Schlegs in a nutshell. I, I love that guy. Um, I told this story at the beginning of the show, but it bears repeating. I saw my son-in-law on Monday, and he told me that he was listening to the show last week when Bobby talked about... Signing up for a chance to win a highly coveted bottle of bourbon. Not just any bourbon, but a bottle of Blanton's Gold. So Jake went online, signed up, and lo and behold, his name was drawn. He won, so I am juiced about that. Also juiced about my niece, Mia. She is 16 years old today. My brother adopted Mia from China when she was just a just a baby. And she, a couple months old, she has grown into a... Lovely young lady, so cute, so smart, and so tiny. I uh, she's driving now because she just turned sixteen, and I joke that she probably needs a booster seat to see over that steering wheel. But uh, we're going to have a a sweet sixteen birthday party for her this weekend. But uh, well, she's probably not listening. What what sixteen year old is listening to Morning Juice on summer vacation? But uh, anyway, she's probably still in bed. Um, happy birthday Mia it's it's great to have you in the family Pat Riley was just making a little joke turned out to be a costly joke that story part of our re-rack when we return for our number 3 of Morning Juice here on The Fan
1: from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by BP. There is a few slow spots out there today and we did have some fog, but that is beginning to clear out. Watch for slowdowns on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. Also an accident on I-670 eastbound before Leonard Avenue. Your right lane is blocked and traffic is stop and go. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get $0.05 cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP and Amico stations. That means more savings and more, well, whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So go on, treat yourself, download BP Me Rewards, and start saving today. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: There's a fine line between intensity and insanity. We don't know which side this show is on. This, this is Morning Juice. Shark carp, Carbode on a
2: Thursday edition of Morning Juice. We are brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Your Doppler 10 forecast. More showers and thunderstorms today. A high of 83. In fact, heavy rain is possible tomorrow. Hot and humid. Some more storms popping up and a high of 84. Saturday is looking pretty good, though. Mostly sunny and 88. If you like it hot, you're going to love Saturday. Uh, No rain in the forecast, mostly sunny and 88. Um, I just walked down the hall during the break so I could look outside, and it is kind of sunny out there and 70 degrees right now. What is it there in UA? That's sunny
3: outside, Chuck. Right. I feel like I'm only about 10 minutes from the studio. So it's okay. it's looking good outside. They said there's supposed to be pop-up showers today. I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to take that. I, I think it's going to be a good day. Maybe a shower here or there, but I'm ready for a nice sunny day. Hopefully most of the wind blew that humidity out of here. I think it'll be a nice classic uh, classic Ohio day. It's time for us to start stacking some nice days on top of each other. We don't need this rain nonsense anymore. Get that trash out of here. Get that weak sauce out of your shark, and let's let's enjoy
2: it a little bit. So, it's a pool day today.
3: Uh, I went to the pool last night. It could be a pool day if it, if it ends up being nice. Uh, I've got some work to do. I've got some meetings to take, but uh, very good chance that could wind up at the pool at some point in time.
2: Nice. Our pool was closed last year, of course, because of COVID. Um, we reopened on uh, I guess it was Memorial Day weekend. But if you remember, that weekend wasn't very nice. Anyway, terrible. You mean been there four times already to the pool enjoying that uh right now we are gonna do this keeping
1: you informed about what's trending this morning it's time for a little re-rack on morning juice
5: sponsored by billiards plus the best selection of pool tables and the best service in central ohio
2: i thought this was kind of a a goofy story let's face it lebron james is not going to be playing again for the miami heat that chapter in his career is over Four years there, four NBA finals, two championships, and then he moved on. But the NBA is very rigid when it comes to tampering. And on Friday, Heat president Pat Riley was on the Dan LeBittard show down in Miami, and he was asked if he would like LeBron to play for the Heat again. And if you remember, there were some hard feelings there when James left and, and came back to Cleveland. We heard how Pat Riley went to Vegas to meet with LeBron in his hotel room and James was so preoccupied that he barely gave Riley the time of day, and that's when Pat knew that LeBron was leaving. Anyway, on the Levitard show Friday, Riley said, I would leave the key under the doormat if he would call me and let me know that he's coming. I would do that, but I doubt very much that key is rusted now. Really, no harm, no foul. Obviously, uh, wasn't recruiting LeBron, but... The league didn't see it that way. Bobby, the NBA has fined Riley twenty five thousand dollars for tampering. <laughs>
1: oh
2: my God. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean so that's key is rusted now. It's means it's been there forever and it's probably past its point of expiration. So that you know, while that offer is still there, um it's probably more or less expired. So I can't imagine that I, I don't know what's findable. In that. That's that's ridiculous nonsense is what that it is.
2: is. It really is. And and Riley went on to say LeBron is one of the greatest of all time. And for four years down here, it was four years in the finals, four years of excitement, two world championships. If, uh, it, if it was the best time for the Heat, if he ever wanted to come back, then I'll put a new shiny key under the mat. Now, I'm not going to say it's never going to happen, but let's go with you know like 99% chance that it'll never happen. Actually, do you think LeBron would come back to Cleveland for a third time? You know, it's like point. sign a sign a one-year deal, play one game and retire as a Cavalier. I I can't imagine that happening. Guys, maybe do that, maybe though. it
3: could. Maybe it could, but I just can't
2: I can't imagine getting there. Um I think it would be really neat if they brought him back, signed him to maybe a one-day contract, not even put him in the game, just uh, you know, hang the the number 23 in the rafters. Cuz it's yeah. going to be it's going to go up there sometime. In fact, there should probably be a statue outside of what is it called now? Not Quicken Loans Arena, it is Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. There you go. They need to put a statue out there of LeBron wait till he retires and can show up for it. Right? I, what do you think?
3: I, well, why would you not? I mean, he's brought the city its only title in what fifty some years, fifty five year, whatever it may have been.
2: Nineteen seventy is when they were born, so yeah, yeah. it's the first one in Cavs history. But it's the first oh, one. in yeah, to, yeah. Oh, I see. Tribe. Saying. I'm talking about the whole
3: city. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, he deserves. He deserves a statue. He's a native son of Northeast Ohio. They'll put it up there. You know, time heals a lot of things. Shark. He's still playing. He's still an active player. I. I, I don't think you do that. With a guy when they're an active player. But when he's done, you wait a year and then you do that. You hang it up, you hang him in the rafters, and you put a statue up out there of him. And I, and I think that that would be fantastic. I, I could see no negatives in doing that.
2: You know, he's already got a statue in his uh, home in Bath Township. Did you oh, know that? Really? When you walk into the foyer, now this is this is pretty narcissistic. When you walk into the foyer of his mansion, and he's in a neighborhood that has, you know, 3,000 square foot homes, and his is like 48,000 square feet. And you walk into the foyer, and there's a statue of LeBron that greets you. Oh, my gosh.
3: That is weird. Yeah. I'm going to say that's very bizarre. You know, playing with guys who you were know, very successful. Now, maybe not as successful as LeBron. You know, playing with guys like Brady. you know, I, was never, I never went to Tom's house, but, you know, Stafford and Romo and Witten, DeMarcus Ware, dudes who are Calvin Johnson, guys who are really great. You know, some of those guys, about half of them are Hall of Famers. Yeah, And never once did any of those guys have a statue in their home. A lot of them had more memorabilia of their teammates than they ever had of themselves. So and that's the same thing with AJ. I mean, he has nothing hardly of himself unless it's incorporated with, like, other guys who he's playing with. I mean, I don't know if I have a solo picture of me anywhere in my house. Anything is usually guys who I'm playing with and, you know, playing together. It's memorabilia from them. Um, or a picture with my kids, picture of my dad, whatever it is. The fact that you would have a statue of yourself in your home, that is, is, uh, that's bizarre. I know. I, I th- think that speaks, speaks a lot to maybe how he views himself.
2: Yeah. I and I think- love LeBron. I do, too. I just think that, uh, and maybe it has something to do with uh, the way he grew up. You know, the kid moved like 12 times in 12 years, and he obviously grew up in poverty and all that. And and he made something. You know, honestly, he didn't inherit anything. He he is a self-made man, and everything he touches turns to gold. He, he has been uh, wildly successful in the business world as well as uh, in the basketball world. But still, that's a... And most guys I know, like even um, Jim Stillwagon, was a pretty good friend of mine, and he yeah. he's the the first guy to win the Lombardi and the Butkus. I want to say in the same year, and he he sold his trophies not because he was broke or anything. He just he didn't didn't want them, Didn't mean anything to him. I talked to James about it one day about his. What did James win? Did he win the Butkus? He won the Butkus. AJ won the Lombardi. Okay. And he couldn't remember where it was. I said, well, stick it out there for your daughters to see, just so they know what you accomplished or whatever. They care less about yeah, that. I know AJ, it. It's like a doorstop or something.
3: You've been on here when we talked about that? Yeah. And I, asked AJ, I literally had this conversation. I told Beam, like, I guarantee you, AJ doesn't know exactly where his is. And I think he said it's, he, he's pretty sure it's in his dad's basement. Like That's his parents' basement. That's what he had ascertained about where his Lombardi is. Because it's not, it's not out in his house anywhere. And so I don't think it's stored at his house. And he's like, I'm pretty sure it's in, you know, Pistol and Judy's basement. Which is, that's, and that's how he rolls, man. I mean, you have some of that stuff out. You you have in a trophy case. But it, I, usually those things are in places that you don't really take other people. Or they're in places you don't go very often in your house. To have something like that greeting you in the foyer. Yeah. Like the entryway. Every time you walk by it, when people walk in, that's the first thing they see.
2: That is that's crazy town. I love me some me. That's um, Yeah. Baseball last night, first two batters of the game for the Indians, Cesar Hernandez and Ahmed Rosario, both got base hits and scored. First two batters. It's two-to-nothing yeah. tribe. Well, they never the, state scored of, again. the state of
3: Ohio is on a five-game sweep over St. Louis
2: right now. Yeah, so. but, Bob, they never scored again. Cardinals came back and scored four runs in the bottom of the first against uh, rookie JC Mejia. JC Mejia hadn't given up a run the whole season in limited duty, but uh, he didn't didn't get out of the first inning. Pitched two thirds of an inning, gave up four runs. Um, got the first two batters out that he faced, and then he he was ambushed. St. Louis went on to win eight to two. The Reds seven to three winners of the Brewers. Tyler Stevenson two doubles, three RBIs. Vladimir Gutierrez allowed two runs. On six hits over seven innings to get the win. He is now 2-1. and one. NBA playoffs, Chris Paul, 17 points, 15 assists. The Suns whipped the Nuggets, 123-98. Oh, and actually, the game wasn't out of hand at halftime. In it fact, was in 10 game, points. It was I, 10. I, I it, watched most of the first yeah, half. It was uh, certainly doable. In game one, the Nuggets actually led at halftime and then got clobbered in the second half same thing happened last night they've We're been
3: outscored by 33 points in the second half of the last two games
2: combined or each game uh combined i think wow
3: but that's not good i mean no. it's 17 18 points i mean you better have a sizable lead at, at halftime if you're averaging getting outscored by 17 and a half points in a single half like that's not not a, and plus that a 10 point lead already heading in
2: so, uh, Phoenix leads two games to none. The series now shifts to Denver. We'll see if the Nuggets can get back into this thing. Stanley Cup playoffs. The Islanders crush the Bruins 6-2 to two in New York. So, the Islanders win the series four games to two. They move on to the conference semifinals. And uh, let me see here. The final Did four. you see? By
3: the way, Shark, I don't yeah. know if you cruising through. Like, this morning, you know, as I'm getting ready to work out, stretching a little bit, you know, I'll cruise through the Twitter machine, see what's out there. Um, found it, saw an awesome piece. Where are they, what's what's the name of the Islanders' uh, their arena? The uh, is it well, the
2: Coliseum? Well, remember they had left Long Island and went to Brooklyn and yeah. played at the uh, Barclays. Barclays, and then they went back. and I know they're building a new arena, but I don't I don't know what the name of their arena is. Anyway, what I'm are you? Pretty sure through? this
3: is before the Islanders' game. I said the Coliseum, and I thought I saw the Islanders there. I thought it was last night. Let me look up where the Islanders play, Shark, because it's, it's going to be critical. It's um, critical
2: to your story.
3: Well, I, I think it is, just to be able to know exactly what this is about. But anyways, it was the National Anthem. Yeah, it's, it's the Islanders. They play at uh, a Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. And so they had, I have no idea who this is, they had a young lady sing the National Anthem, phan, phenomenal voice. But everybody in the crowd started singing so loud that she just kind of laid out and let them sing. Oh, it. that's and cool! S- oh, it was amazing. It's um, I was watching it this morning. It was the best minute forty-eight seconds that I will probably have today, and that includes talking to you, Shark. So that's a high bar to pass. <laughs> but it was awesome sitting there watching it, going back and forth, and then she picks it back up and finishes the end, you know, with everyone. But it was awesome to kind of hear a, a packed audience you know, before a game. I'm sure there's a lot of. Europeans, some Euro trash floating around, and some Canadians in there. Shark, probably some trashy French Canadians that your wife doesn't like, but you know, and they're sitting there, and you know, they probably don't get the feeling for it. But uh, it's just, it's just an awesome representation, reminder. Like, hey, of everything we've done in this country, all the awesome freedoms and liberties we have, getting to play sports for a living, watch sports, and enjoy it, it was, uh, it was truly great to see a group of people i don't know how many place how many that holds probably 10 12 14,000 something like that you know whatever it might be but basically all of them singing together Could it, and regardless of anything you know about the person beside of you everybody's singing together which that kind of just uh kind of warms my heart the capacity is 145 and that looked to be a packed house to me last night
2: i uh, is it something we can air i mean can you hear the people singing in this oh, thing oh yeah all right. I'm going oh, yeah. to have Bodie look this thing Bodie, up. Bodie, it's on Barstool Sports'
3: Twitter handle. It's pretty sweet, man.
2: Yeah, I'd like to hear at least part of it anyway. Um, we are still waiting on one other series out west between Colorado and Vegas. The Golden Knights lead three games to two games, six set for tonight. But Other than that, the final four just about set. We got Tampa Bay in, Montreal in, and now the Islanders are in. Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson have dominated NFL off-season headlines we will give you the latest on those guys when we go around the nfl next on morning juice here on the fan
1: from the atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
4: This report is sponsored by BP. There is an accident on I-670 eastbound before Leonard Avenue. It blocks the right lane and traffic is stop and go from State Route 315. Also on I-70 eastbound at State Route 315, there's an accident there in the right lane and that has traffic stop and go. On I-70 westbound at Miller Kelton Avenue, there is a crash reported and I-70 in that area is slow. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get $0.05 cents off every gallon of gas every time it beats. That means more savings and more, well, whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So go on, treat yourself, download BP Me Rewards, and start saving today. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: Get up, then get fired up. This is good.
3: Get your hip flexors
1: going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice.
2: Mark the shark, Bobby Carpenter, taking you up till nine o'clock this morning, uh, Bob. I just watched this thing, um, just, just an amazing. If you weren't with us before the break, during the before the Islanders Bruins game last night at Nassau Coliseum, Nicole Revive was singing the national anthem, and uh, when, when I play, when I have Bodie play this, listen to the fans almost immediately from the start joining in. Hit it, Bodie.
1: Oh, so. Early like what's so pr-
2: Man, that's pretty good. That is, gives me goosebumps. Does she ever come back and sing again? Yes, yeah, she does. The very end, she finishes it out. Oh my gosh, that is that is the best thing. That, you're right. It's the best thing I've heard all day.
3: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good, man. I got a chance to hear that this morning for the first wow. time. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go for the day. We're going to yes. be uh, be good to good to go. It was amazing for her to have the ability, you know, because she looks like a fairly young singer in the crowd awareness to sense what was happening, lay out for a little bit, bring everybody into unison, and then finish it up. Like, the timing that she possessed in that was tremendous. And, you know, the, the great people of uh, New York and New Jersey up there, really diving in, I mean, they've. You know, I don't think they've been able to go to games for quite some time, and they've got a closeout game potentially in their home venue, and they're juiced up and ready to go, man. Like, they're fired up. And, like, you go through the comments. Don't ever look through the comments. No, no, no. Rothman always says they're better than the story. I mean, they maybe more entertaining. There's too much hate and, out there. Oh, gosh, there's a lot of hate. Yeah. People are looking at that. I'm like, listen, that, that is a mixed crowd of Americans Who have different political beliefs and affiliations, and they're all singing the national anthem before the game. Like, it's not meant to be a divisive thing. It's meant to be something that is uniting. And the reason you play it before sports games, in my opinion, is because we have unbelievable freedoms and liberties in this country. We're able to play sports and to watch these things and to have all these awesome experiences. And that is afforded to us by our nation's military. and So that's always a celebration of that in my mind. That's how I always looked at it. I think that's how a decent number of my teammates looked at it as well uh, when you really sat down and thought about it. So that was an awesome thing to be able to watch. I'm glad, Shark, you got a chance to hear that and really kind of juice your day yes. up, if you will.
2: Nicole Raviv is her name, and uh, she was uh, helped out with, uh, what did you say, 14,500, something like That's that? That's what they yeah. say
3: capacity is yeah. at the Nassau uh, Memorial Coliseum over there in Long Island.
2: All right, and and who knows, maybe that'll be a uh, tradition moving forward there on uh, Long Island. You know, it was a busy night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night on ESPN Radio here on The Fan. and. <laughs> Come uh, on. It's uh, it's on late, so uh, most of you probably didn't hear it. But Bobby Carpenter was on there talking about a potential 12-team college football playoff. And Mike Sando made an appearance as well. Sando worked a long time at ESPN, but he's been with The Athletic for the past couple of years. Very respected reporter and columnist. A columnist. He's even on the NFL's Hall of Fame Selection Committee Anyway, the topic of Aaron Rodgers came up, and most people think that Green Bay has to trade Rodgers, uh, you know, get a big package and move on. But Sando disagrees. Listen to this.
0: If he's willing to miss, it's a bad thing. But don't trade him and, and go along with it and make it worse by having play for someone else. If he's willing to miss, let him miss. Take a look at
2: Jordan Love. Find out if he's going to be good enough to play. And then if you want to trade him after the season, You'll know what the draft order is. You'll know what you can actually get. You'll know if you need a quarterback because Jordan Love, he looks really promising. Shoot, maybe you trade Rodgers and get a, a really good player and a couple first-round picks or whatever, right? You, you can go about it that way. Maybe it
0: doesn't have to be a top-five pick if, you, if Jordan Love's really good. gives you more flexibility. There's just a lot of discovery for them um, that they can find out while waiting and making the bet
1: like we're talking about that he's not really going to sit out the whole year when – he maybe only has a few years left in the league, and can might win a Super Bowl this year. They're good. I
2: I thought that was an. I don't know how realistic it is, Bob, but I thought that was a, kind of an interesting take. See, I would like
3: to push back on Sando with this because what he's saying in theory is like, yeah, call his bluff. See if he'll play. You know, if he's not going to play, it'd be no different than trading him, except you'd be getting assets now versus assets later. But those, no one's you're not going to probably get any players coming back that are going to immediately help you this season. And you have your young quarterback of the future, at least in your mind. So you want to get a look at him. Here's where this. Here's where his theory goes awry, though. And this is where I push back on Sando. And he goes, they have a good team. Hey, maybe they're good enough to win the Super Bowl. They've had a team that's been the NFC Championship the last two years because Aaron's drug them there. I don't think they're good enough to get over the hump. Still, like I think they're they're very similar to what they were. They're a divisional round. Uh, championship-round team. But once they play you know, another really elite team, they're going to struggle because of just, I don't think they're constructed well enough to win at this point. Or some of their guys. And so here's the problem with that. When you play Jordan Love, I, I don't think Jordan Love is ready to play right now. They can say, talk about how good he's looked and this and that, and he's sure on the first day, but he's bounced back, everything else. Like, that's fine. I, I don't believe him to be, that guy right now. So if you start out one and four, one and five, two and six, whatever it is, your the fans will be down your throat thinking Aaron Rodgers is on our roster. He is here. He's not playing for us. You knew he wasn't going to play for us, but he's here, and you can't because con- then they're like, well, why couldn't you convince him to come back? You were too stubborn to trade him, so why couldn't you? Why couldn't you bring him back? And so that's the problem, is when he's lurking out there in the shadows and still connected to the team, that's only going to make it harder for Jordan Love and everybody else. And it's going to be question after question, when's Aaron coming back? Is Aaron coming back? And you're losing. How do you feel about Jordan Love? You know, when Aaron's out there, would you rather have him? Like, if he's on another team, you get a little bit of that, but not as much. But if he is still on your roster, you're basically punting on this whole season. Punting on the season. yeah. Not that you you wouldn't be if you traded him, but if he's there, it'll be even worse, Shark.
2: Well, Harry Douglas, uh, former NFL receiver, he also made an appearance on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and he said there's no, you know, bluffing with Aaron Rodgers. Here's what he had to say about Aaron.
0: Aaron Rodgers won't miss that little bitty pocket change. That's pocket (laughs) change to Aaron
2: Rodgers. (laughs) He's
0: not going to miss any bit of that little bitty money. Trust me, I promise you. Aaron Rodgers is going to stand on what he believes in, and everyone who played with him
2: is going to back him up. Trust me. You already heard what Devontae Adams said Mm -hmm. in his interview. Those guys are going to back Aaron Rodgers up because they know that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the
0: league. Yes, I said that over Patrick Mahomes because Aaron Rodgers has done it
2: for more of a longer period of time. Yeah, kind of two schools of thought there because – I think the Packers in the back of their minds think that there's a chance that he would come back.
3: Yeah, I do because I think they're yeah, I think they're going to try to call his bluff on the shark. And and just knowing Aaron and seeing how he operates, I think that's a bad bluff to call. Yeah. If you want to try to get him to come back, it's not by co- calling his bluff. It's by going there and trying to coax him back. Trying to this I was saying on you know, uh with Freddie last night. Like, hey, you go back there hat in hand, man. And Brian Gunekis, you, you sit there, your general manager, you go there and say, like, hey, we want you here. You're the best quarterback. You say these things publicly, not, you know, Aaron Rodgers, our quarterback for the future, we have no plans on trading him. You don't say that. That's only going to inflame the situation. Or when you leak out that, you know, we don't think he's actually going to hold out, bad idea. Instead, you shower him with praise. You go there hat in hand. You're like, listen, I know we've screwed this up. We want to make it right. Is, how do we fix this? I'm I'm looking to you. How do we fix our relationship? And you got to go there and be willing to to take a knee on the situation and be willing to eat the owl. But here's the problem, Shark, is when you get to this level in the NFL, everybody's so highly competitive and they have these big egos that they don't ever want to acquiesce to anyone, especially when you're a young GM and you took over for Ted Thompson, who was there for like 16, 17 years, and now it's your show. You want to make sure that everybody respects you, and I don't think he wants to undermine his credibility to everyone else.
2: All right, a couple more things I want to talk about uh, in the NFL uh, concerning Deshaun Watson and what's going on with the 49ers. We'll do that next on Morning Juice here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center
4: good morning this report is sponsored by the ohio state wexner medical center there is an accident on i-70 eastbound at state route 315 the right lane is blocked and traffic is stop and go also on i-71 northbound after us 62 there is a crash there causing stop and go delays and on i-670 eastbound before leonard avenue your right lane is blocked the experts at the ohio state wexner medical center heart and vascular center are leading the way in heart valve replacement by pioneering new and minimally invasive treatments, trust your heart to Ohio State Columbus's only heart hospital, ranked best by U.S. News and World Report. I'm Heather Pasco for ninety-seven point one, The Fan Traffic.
1: There's no better way to start your morning. Well, there's one way, but Beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore. You're listening to Morning Cheer
2: mark the shark bobby carpenter if you are just joining us brandon beam is taking an extended vacation so i'm going to be filling in for him through next friday uh we're talking about some nfl stuff deshaun watson of course uh facing a legal battle right now and we have no idea when that will even uh, get resolved watson hasn't been punished by the NFL yet. So he's, well, they don't need to punish him yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he is allowed to be at OTAs in minicamp with Houston, but of course he's not. He, he doesn't want to be a Texan anymore. Um, right now, they, they kind of have their hands tied. Not kind of. They do have their hands tied somewhat because other teams don't even know if uh, Deshaun's going to be eligible to play. But his former teammate, Kareem Jackson, said on a podcast that Watson wants to join the Denver Broncos and Jackson is now with the Broncos. He says he's been talking to Watson the past couple of weeks and Deshaun has been telling Jackson to tell the front office that he Watson wants to be there. Well, you, you look at that from the outside, Bob, Denver's a playoff team. Uh, they've got Teddy Bridgewater and drew, uh, drew Locke competing for the starting quarterback spot. So, that would be a great a couple of average landing. Options. Yeah, that'd be a great landing spot for Deshaun.
3: I think it would, assuming that he wouldn't end up on the commissioner's exemplist, because that's a bad deal, and that's what's slowing up this trade. Is nobody knows exactly what it is, um, what it is going to happen to him, right? And so, why I, are you going to give up, you know, first round draft pick for a guy who may or may not be your quarterback? If you're a team like them that's in your window right now that you think you should be able to win like that's uh that's where this thing gets a little bit dicey here shark is i honestly don't think he's going to play this season i I don't
2: because of his legal issues
3: yes because of his legal issues now i think he was going to try to get out of houston but i don't think he's playing for anybody and i don't think houston's going to be able to trade him because i think he's going to be on the um i think he's going to end up being on the commissioner's exemplus so that's uh that's a rough deal right there for him. Um, I mean, we'll see kind of where that thing goes. And I understand why Denver might want him. I think he would be a, obviously an upgrade there. You're trading him within the same conference, so I think there might be a little premium on uh, the cost that it might take to get him out of there. I know John Elway, he's done a, he hasn't done a great job drafting quarterbacks. He convinced Peyton Manning to come up. If you have Deshaun Watson, that's going to give you probably another 10 years, another 7 to 10 years. with a a really good quarterback, and they have a really good roster around it. I I just don't see that happening right now, regardless of who's pandering to it. You
2: know, this is an amazing story coming out of San Francisco. On Monday, the 49ers lost offensive lineman Justin School with a torn ACL, out for the season. And they lost safety Tavarius Moore to a torn Achilles, also out for the season. But we need
3: OTAs, though, Shark.
2: And they were, yeah, they were injured in practice in OTAs. So Kyle uh, Shanahan said uh, the heck with it we're going to cancel next week's mini camp. <laughs> that that's that's amazing.
3: He said that that was already planned regardless of what that means. I mean I don't I don't think that's the reality, but he said that this has been planned it's not reactionary to the injuries. That is not accurate, I would say. Maybe they plan on abbreviating some things before, but you have two major injuries and this is why players like why do you want me to come back here and do this stuff and subject myself to further injury, like working on trying to you know like have a legit practice is basically what it is during the offseason. It doesn't really it helps young players in their development and growth, but you know veteran guys like I don't need this stuff. I don't need to be doing that. So yeah, I understand the Niners canceling practice, canceling that a hundred percent. You would you know what I you know what I will tell you though Shark is our guy Beam Machine not on the golf course, but rather in a boat. Really? Doing a little fishing right now. Oh, yeah. Sitting out there doing some fishing, relaxing, enjoying the sights and sounds of northern Michigan. So, you know, when you're up there chilling, man, you don't necessarily have to be out on a golf course. You can be enjoying the scenery, you know, from a boat with a fishing rod.
2: Um, yeah. Bob, how much, how legitimate are these practices in terms of, and I'm talking about OTAs, not minicamp, how much hitting is going on? Well,
3: there's no hitting. Well. I mean, the it used to be more, it used to be more physical, but people finally started pushing back. Cause so you're doing like one-on-one pass rushing and stuff and you don't have shoulder pads on. So your helmets would just jam into your shoulders. You'd get bruises. It'd feel awful. Like it was, it would feel terrible. I remember in my first, you know, rookie minicamp, camp, then I felt like this is, this is ridiculous. Just give me some shoulder pads to protect myself. Cause this hurts. So you got a bunch of guys trying to go hard, especially the young guys. And so there's no like technical, technically hitting. And they've, they've gotten away with a lot of the, quote, one-on-one things and, like, close physical boxes. But, I mean, they wanted us, like, working on our punches and all this other stuff. And you would, you would do that a little bit. But I'm like, man, why? Why Why right now? Why do we need to do this right now without pads on? There, there's no reason for it.
2: Well, with the 49ers, we're talking about a torn ACL and a torn Achilles. So, uh, obviously, they were non-contact injuries.
3: Well, non-contact, th- that doesn't necessarily mean – they weren't engaged with somebody. Now, maybe they were running and they popped it, but there's also a chance that you know, you're walking through a blocking simulation. I say walking through, meaning you know going to block someone full speed without pads on, and that's how it could have popped. You, know, you just get hyperextended. You step on the wrong while you're engaged because someone's pushing back on you, and that's a real thing, too.
2: Yeah. We have had sex scandals, well, here at Ohio State, also at Michigan State. Michigan, oh, hey,
3: listen, you don't have to use the term we. I mean, if, you, if, that's, if you've got that I, in your past, I, chart, I, you I, can
2: they, they have had sex scandals at Ohio State and Michigan State, and uh, Michigan is now in the news for sins that stretch back for decades. The son of a coaching icon Was even a victim, allegedly. We will discuss that next on Morning Juice here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium and Zumbezi Bay. I 71 northbound is closed between US 62 and State Route 665 due to an accident. On I 70 eastbound at State Route 315, there's an accident blocking the right lane near stop and go back from exit 98. Also on I-670 eastbound before Leonard Avenue, there's a crash it has been moved to the right shoulder, but traffic is still slow. Also on I-71 northbound at I-670, there is reports of an overturned vehicle in that area. Waves of terror are coming to Zumbezi Bay this fall, introducing Zombezi Bay, Central Ohio's largest haunted event. Become one of the undead and join the horde. Hiring begins June 18th. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: Live. Local. Loud. Very loud. This is Morning Juice.
2: Mark the Shark, Bobby Carpenter, wrapping things up on a Thursday. The Daily Fan Poll, sponsored by Rikert Hyundai. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com, beginning in 2022. Should the National League switch to the designated hitter? So far, 62% have said Yes. Let's get rid of pitchers hitting in the National League. This is a a really uh, crazy story. And Here's I'm, the one thing, though, Sharp. Go ahead.
3: I think if Bartolo Colon comes back, they should allow him yes. to hit.
2: Well, they would make him the DH then, I think, is what you That do. would be fantastic. Yeah. So you can see him bat four times in a game. Uh, a son of Michigan football, former Michigan football coach, obviously, Bo Schembechler, Um said that he told his father that former Michigan team doctor Robert Anderson molested him during a physical exam back in 1969 and that the coach ignored the complaint and went out of his way to make sure that Anderson kept his job with the team. Now, if you're following the timeline, Matt Schembeckler is now 62 years old. So when Bo took the job in 1969, Matt Schembeckler was 10 years old. So this had to have happened Uh, just after Bo took the job, uh, you know, came from Miami of Ohio up to Ann Arbor. Uh, Matt Schembeckler says he was sexually molested by Anderson when he was 10, within a year of when his adopted father was hired as coach. Matt said Anderson fondled him and did an anal probe when he visited the doctor for a sports physical prior to joining the Pee Wee football team. According to Matt, when he shared those details with Bo, The coach told him he didn't want to hear about it, and then he got physically violent with both Matt and his mother. That was the first time he closed fist punched me, Matt said. It knocked me all the way across the kitchen. And so Beckler died 15 years ago. Anderson, the doctor, died in 2008, so he died 13 years ago. And I'm not really sure... Why this is coming out now, Bob? I mean, this is—we're talking about fifty some years ago. This happened. I think
3: there were some allegations and stuff that were kind of starting to swirl a little bit about it. Um, from everything that I had kind of saw and read, and um, I think Shem Beckler's adopted son that you were just addressing there came out and was like substantiating those, and that's what's kind of given this thing a little bit of legs.
2: Well, the the doctor worked for the University of Michigan from nineteen sixty six to two thousand. Three, and uh, obviously during that time at the school he worked closely with you know the athletic department treating athletes injuries and all that kind of stuff so this is um i i, I guess it's in the early stages but uh this is gonna you know this is gonna get ugly up there and now we're gonna we're gonna you know run both through the uh through the washing machine if you will
3: oh yeah believe me this is it's coming into summertime, too, which, as you know, Shark, it's very slow with the news cycle. And so we'll see here what the, when this starts to get picked up as the NBA Finals begin to wind down. You'll see you know, the NHL playoffs begin to wind down. Nobody's caring about June and July baseball. And then all of a sudden, like you, this will be on you know, various sports outlets if it, if, if it continues to gain steam for potentially you know, 10 to 12 days in a row. Like, and that's, that's how this stuff happens always is when it's during the summer, there's nothing else to talk about. So people keep digging and digging and digging. And then, you know, there's more little leaks, leaks. It's just a slow drip where every day there's something new. And then when they tell the, the part of the news story and the news, they're going to rehash everything of how they got to that point.
2: Yeah. You know, other former players, including Jim Harbaugh have uh, come out and said that they believe Shem Beckler. Would have taken action if he was presented with evidence that Anderson was molesting his patients. Now, this is um, Bo was married twice. This first wife, and I'm not quite sure who who this is the son of, if it's the first marriage or the second, because uh, Bo adopted Matt and two other sons, Chip and Jeffrey. And then uh, he married Millie in 1968. And uh, Bo and Millie had one son named Glenn. I don't know if you've ever met him. Shemi? You ever meet Shemi? I met Shemi. Yeah, Shemi
3: lives here in Columbus. He does. He's scouting again with, oh, gosh, who was I? I just talked
2: to him on Pro Day. So he is the uh, biological son of Bo and Millie. Uh, The other three were adopted, but oh, my gosh, this is. this this is probably going to get very ugly because Matt Anderson, who has made these allegations, says that his 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 father ignored him. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's uh
3: it's it's not an it's not an enviable situation to be in if you're the University of Michigan right now. Number one, your football team is struggling mightily, and number two, now you have to deal with this. Yep, and it's it's tough when these allegations are from, you know, forty years ago and you know the parties a lot of the parties involved are deceased so how the heck are you supposed to try to figure this darn thing
2: out right all right we are back tomorrow 6 a.m for a friday edition of morning juice stick around because Bo and joshua perry up next it's bishop and lauren Itis from nine until noon we're back tomorrow morning juice on the fan
1: from the atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
4: This report is sponsored by the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. On I-71 northbound, all lanes are blocked between U.S. 62 and State Route 665 due to an accident. Also, things are stop and go because of crashes. One on I-70 eastbound at State Route 315, another on I-71 northbound at I-670. The Heart and Vascular Center at the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center is leading the way in the fight for heart and vascular disease. Trust your heart to Ohio State, home to Columbus's only heart hospital, ranked best by U.S. News and World Report. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.